burning in that area. You see? That's what she sounds like. There's no bed, there's no jingle, but this next man can cope because he's a professional. Here's the news with Simon Oxley. Thank you. The headlines. Nuisance bikers back in Houghton Regis. Former FIFA official admits World Cup bribes. An online company pulls out as Milton Keynes' man tries to fund trip to Dignitas. BBC Three Counties Radio. Residents in Houghton Regis say the problem of nuisance motorbikes in the town has still not been solved. That's despite a police crackdown which included specialist officers on off-road bikes. Several residents have contacted BBC Three Counties to again voice their concerns. Bedfordshire Police Commissioner Ollie Martin says they can't focus on the problem every day. What we were having to do was put specific resources in there and run a specific operation rather than being able to deliver it um, as a business as usual uh, activity, if you like. Um, you know, clearly, if we need to run another specific operation, then that's what we'll, we'll consider. Former top FIFA official Chuck Blazer has admitted that he and others on the executive committee agreed to accept bribes over the choice of South Africa as 2010 World Cup host. The American said he also helped to arrange bribes over the 1998 event. The admissions come in a newly released transcript from a 2013 US hearing in which he pleads guilty to 10 charges. A Milton Keynes man who asked the public to help him pay for a trip to Dignitas to end his own life has had his plans thwarted. The online company Roger Bailey was using to raise the funds has pulled out over fears they may be breaking the law by assisting suicide. More from Tony Fisher. Crowdfunder told the 66-year-old that based on their latest legal advice, they couldn't let his project continue. They said they'd been instructed the backers are at risk of breaking the current law and assisting suicide, and that Crowdfunder itself may also be at risk of breaking the law. Crowdfunder apologised they couldn't let the project fund on the website. Five Thames Valley police officers accused of gross misconduct will have their cases heard today. They relate to the death of Habibullah in Wickham, who died while being arrested in 2008. Alton Towers is to remain shut for a second day after an accident on one of its roller coasters. 16 people were injured in the crash on Tuesday, four of them seriously. An injured woman had to be cut free by firefighters after a three-vehicle collision in Buckinghamshire yesterday afternoon. Crews were called to the A413 London Road at Little Missenden at around 5.30. New figures suggest that one in every seven albums sold around the world last year was by a British act. They also reveal that five out of the top ten global recording artists are from the UK. More from Colin Patterson. We found love right where we are. Ed Sheeran's Multiply was the UK's most successful album last year, selling 4.4 million copies worldwide. Coldplay, One Direction and Sam Smith all passed the 3 million mark with their latest albums and together they helped the UK have a 13.7% share of album sales around the world. Some markets are especially lucrative. In Australia and Italy, one in every five albums purchased was from the UK. In sport, Andy Murray is through to the French Open semi-finals after beating David Ferrer in four sets. He'll play Novak Djokovic in the last four. The weather dry, warm and sunny. Maximum temperature 23 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash counties. the computer that's all right fixed it oh but not got any good songs in i'm not <laughs> deary me i mean oh you put some in Catherine. good girl 
morning, guys. It's Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, Wendy. Morning, all of our listeners out there in listener land. A particular hello to those who don't like the show, but keep on listening. Brilliant. Thank you. Means I'm doing something right. Okay, so we had training yesterday, not in how to do a radio show. That would be ridiculous. In how to work the new studios in Dunstable. And boy, oh boy, um, it's very, very swish. Yes, the training was a little bit, you know, but it was a contractual obligation. Overpaid in the local greasy spoon, which, by the way, was delicious. Good times, guys, good times. Good times, good vibes. They're coming your way. Anyway, Kelly isn't here, she's him. You. Oh, yes, I'm here. <laughs> Catherine is Catherine, she's here. Yeah, sorry about that. And Dealey's doing us a freebie. He's not supposed to be in today, but he's in. He's that mad. Is dedication. Dedication's what you need. I don't know what's coming up on the show. If I'm honest, I don't really pay much attention to the content of the show. Why would I do that? But boy, oh boy, I want to change my name to Chuck Blazer. How cool is that? All this talk of Chuck Blazer, Chuck Blazer, Chuck Blazer. And then you see his face. It's Grizzly Adams. Have you seen that guy? Father Christmas. Oh, man. Chuck Blazer and Seth Blatter. Now, there's a sitcom waiting to happen. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Why have you put an 18-second track in, Catherine? You've queued this up. (laughs) Just keep pressing it over and over. Well, it's going to... It's not a trumpet, by the way. Uh, That's Brian Wilson going... It's the opposite of Batman. Whereas in Batman, you think it's a voice. It's not. It's a trumpet. And do it again, you think it's a trumpet. It's not. It's a voice. All right, have this one. Stop. (laughs) Okay. What have you put in there? That one. Oh, okay. But you've not put in the right place. Here we go.
la 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 Now on Monday we spoke to a Milton Keynes man who's asking for help to pay for a trip to Dignitas. Roger Bailey is not terminally ill but has a number of conditions which means he's in constant pain. Basically he's had enough. So he set up a crowdfunding account hoping the kindness of strangers will get him to Switzerland. And it might have worked but there's been a hitch. What's going on Catherine? Well the account was opened up on Crowdfunder last week as you know and the site's usually used by people raising money to start up sort of small projects, small businesses making their own music or films that kind of thing. Well Roger set up his account with no problem uh, on the suggestion he told us of a journalist from a local paper. Yeah, which I thought we thought was a little bit odd. The, the way he told the story, a journalist from the local paper said, hey, why don't you set up a, a crowdfunding um, a, a account uh, uh, to fund your trip to Dignitas? If you get it done by 10 o'clock, I can have it in the paper tomorrow. Felt a little bit odd to me. Feels a little bit like engineering a story, but, I yeah, mean, maybe yeah. we're getting it wrong. Yeah. Must be. Anyway, so this happened. He raised £100 or so. Still a long way from the £20,000 he says he needs to make the trip to Dignitas and all the other stuff that goes around it. Yeah. The story got bigger. We covered it. The Daily Mail covered it. And at some point, Crowdfunder realised what was going on on their site, which I'm guessing is mostly automated. Yeah. In short... They got wind of it. They've closed down the account. Because thought, we thought they would, didn't they? Well, they're worried about the legalities of giving someone a platform to do something OK, like so this. why might they be breaking the law? We've not managed to speak to them or get them to come on the programme, but they've sent an email to Roger, which he's passed on to us, and he says, we're always keen at Crowdfunder to support those people who need it and offer a platform for new kinds of funding we've not seen before. It's therefore with regret that we have to inform you that based on our latest legal advice, we cannot let your project continue on Crowdfunder. We've been uh, instructed that the backers are at risk of breaking the current law and assisting suicide um, and that crowdfunder itself may also be at risk of breaking the law in this case also. Uh, we'd like to thank you for putting your crowdfunder live with us and apologise we can't let the project fund on the website. Is there a difference between what Roger wants to do and other high profile cases of people calling for help with assisted dying? A subtle one. Assisted dying refers to helping someone who's terminally ill or knows they will die soon to self-administer medication to kill themselves. Assisted suicide, and I know a lot of people are uncomfortable with that term, but this is the legal um, phrase that's used. Assisted suicide, in Roger's case, is for someone who's chronically ill or disabled who chooses to end their life despite not being terminally ill, and that's where the major contention comes into play because disability rights campaigners argue that assisted suicide could open the door for any disabled person to be euthanised. But he's, Roger has had support elsewhere, hasn't he? Well, Sort of. Um, the British Humanist Association says cases like Rogers highlight the need for legalisation of assisted dying here in the UK. Uh, not assisted suicide, though. Chief Executive Andrew Copson said it's not acceptable to pass on the burden of providing assisted dying services to those who need it to an expensive country halfway across Europe. The legalisation of assisted dying for the terminally ill and incurably suffering would be overwhelmingly popular in this country. For many individuals, it can't come soon enough. Set foot in America when flying today Sailing into Baltimore well everything's okay You put on zombie jacket Shining like the brand new dust Listening in the sunlight Blistering my eyes When you said that you loved me I knew it wasn't true I've 100 night messages But not a single note from you Zoomed up to Philly, they taught you to make maps. They compassed you with piety and pity that he laps. 
BBC, Three Counties Radio. We're having it large this morning. Yeah, we're having it large. I've got to say, though, and uh, here's something for the um, haters going to hate. I really enjoyed waking up at ten past seven yesterday. Oh, getting up at a normal time, having breakfast with my family. Oh, who'd have thought it? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25, two lanes have been closed anti-clockwise because of a serious accident between Junction 16 for the M40 and 15 for the M4. It's between two lorries and it's causing three-mile queues on the approach. On the North Orbital Road anti uh, at Bricketwood, that's at the... 
but uh, at the Gee, M25 junction, 21A roundabout is looking very Don't busy. Don't be so hard on yourself, Sammy. Sammy. It's early in the morning. I know. It's oh, early in the morning. What's oh, going on? That. In on. High Wycombe on the A40, resurfacing what's going on between Marlow Hill and Wendover Way, so that could cause some delays. And also uh, looking at the train departure boards, the 6.34 train from Bedford to Beckenham Junction has been cancelled, but there's no other delays showing up. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sammy, you are right? Oh, I just feel a bit tired. Oi. People decide to party till one in the morning. Who was partying till one? My housemate. Oh, you're joking, really? Not very nice, is it? Hang on a minute. Last night was a Wednesday. a Wednesday. Yeah. A one o'clock party on a Wednesday. That's insane. I know. Did you did you uh, do you not get on with them? Do they not like you? I don't think so. No. Oh, <laughs> Sammy, that's so sad. We'll sort them out. You tell us where you live. We'll sort them out. Don't you worry. Morning, guys. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. These are your headlines at 6.17 on Thursday, the 4th of June. Residents in Houghton Regis have again contacted this programme to say the problem of nuisance motorbikes in the town has, guess what, still not been solved. Former uh, top FIFA official Chuck Blazer... Yeah. Has admitted accepting bribes over the choice of South Africa as 2010 World Cup host. And an online funding site set up by a Milton Keynes man who asked the public to help him pay for a trip to Dignitas to end his own life has been closed down. BBC Three Counties. Here we go. What, um. I'm trying to find that story about um, the number of records we sell worldwide. It might be in the mail. What's the bet? You got um, who's the, the the English fella in charge of football here? The guy the guy talks like that. He's been in charge of the BBC. Greg Dyke. Greg Dyke. Yeah. Right. I'm sure he's a, he's an honest, down to earth guy. It's interesting. He's kind of being so gobby now that the Americans have got involved. All right. Yeah. Greg Dyke to one side because he's not been in the job very long. England is being all pious and oh this corruption oh. What's the betting? It gets traced back to us at some point. What's the betting? There's somebody involved in the past, I don't know, the past 30 years. I don't really know how this works. From the England team, that not the football team, but that asks, you know, that, that puts the bids in, that there will, will be some English person will be implicated. Of course they will, That's because the, the, whole, the whole system is corrupt, it would appear. The whole system is full of brown envelopes and dirty cash. I want you, dirty cash, I need you. Uh, and so there's going to be... At least one high up English dude that's going to be um, hauled in uh, and wanted by Interpol and the FBI. I think that's a fair supposition <laughs> with the way things are going. There's got to be. So let's just be careful with all the, oh, we're better than the rest of the world because we never done none of this. You wait. We're going to have done loads of it. And I'm really worried about Set Blatter. Oh, really? Why? I'm I think worried. he'll be all right. Do you really? Yeah. I'm worried he's going to develop Alzheimer's. Oh. As a lot of these people um, who are being (laughs) sniffed at by the authorities tend to do. He got voted in. We all know he's a player. He got voted in legitimately. Three days later, he steps down. How do we know that he's not been diagnosed with Alzheimer's Mm. all of a sudden? It could happen. You can't go to prison if you have that, can you? Well, you can go. You, 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 sometimes you can, and sometimes you don't go to court, and sometimes you go to prison for a bit, and then you get let out. Who's the fella? Jack Warner. Jack Warner went to prison for bribery, I think. And then he got let out because he's not very well. Do you know what he did the next night after he got let out? He threw a massive party. <laughs> he threw a massive... These guys are players, aren't they? Sitting all alone now. I took my ticket.
artificial energy. Hmm. Uh, now, we're always asking you to uh, get in touch if there's something we can help you with. And there's one subject that keeps coming up again and again and again and again. It's the flipping bikes in Houghton Regis. Uh, Jamie Norman is one of the people who's fed up with um, uh, young and not-so-young men riding them whenever they fancy. Morning, Jamie. Morning. Still going on, is it? Yeah, it did die down for a while. Because uh, the police, the Bedfordshire police, they kind of said, don't worry, we've got this covered, we're going to go in and do a couple of secret missions. And they did, they do, I, I think they did two raids, didn't they? Was it one or two? Um, and um, it, 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 it helped for a bit, but it's not helped for too long. No, it helped for a couple of weeks. And then sort of one or two sort of crept out. And then sort of last two weeks in the evening, it's just like a racetrack. You, uh, um, you literally sort of. I mean, there's lots of people walk their dogs around here as well, and you would tell the dog and to go. I would watch that because two came around the corner. So just be careful as you walk around there. Oh blimey! And it shouldn't be like that when you're just out walking your dog. <laughs> people take children out. Um, you drive out onto the roads, and of course they've got to use the roads to get to the fields and things. So they're belting along, two or three on a bike, uh, no helmets, not a lot of road sense either. And so, if you if you crash into one, the parents would go, "Oh, how did that happen to my little my, to my child? They're they're perfect. They're not. They're belting down roads, no helmets, no road signs, and it's relying on the other road drivers not to crash into them." Well, I, you know, not would I. I would never encourage anybody to ride into these people. But <laughs> may, but but maybe if a couple of them got knocked down, it might it might you know teach the others. Oh, perhaps we perhaps we shouldn't be doing this. Um, I don't think it would. I don't think it'd make a lot of difference. Really? Uh, I mean, we've I've seen them. Uh, I saw last year there was one race along. He had a young had a young child, probably five or six, sitting across the front of it, no helmets. And as they raced around the corner, they lost control and crashed into a tree. Yeah. I mean, quite lucky nobody was hurt. Um, and but no, they just went off and raced off again. So I don't think uh, fear of getting hurt or something like that would actually make a lot of difference. Uh, we spoke to uh, the police in mid-April and Chief Inspector Gavin hughes Rowlands said, and I quote, we want to reassure the public through these operations that we're taking action on their concerns. They may not see us acting immediately, but we have to be intelligence-led in our responses to these kinds of crimes and they've been working behind the scenes to deal with this dangerous and antisocial behaviour. What do you say to that, Jamie? Um, uh, yeah, I listened to that interview and it's I don't. Uh, they 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 say for, they ask for us to find out for information in order to um, so they can um, do this operation. But I phoned the police before. And I, oh, excuse me. And I appreciate that they're busy. But if you actually phone up, they say we haven't got the resources to do this. But we appreciate the call, but we can't do anything, which effectively makes you which doesn't encourage anybody to call. So you phone up, you know nothing will happen. So mm. don't call again. So where do they gather their intelligence from? But he said we need the public to provide this intelligence. So I'm not quite sure. That seems like a double negative to me. We don't need to phone up, but we need you to provide the, the, the information. I, um, I, owe, I don't know who it is. I owe a caller to this show an apology, because ages ago when we were talking about this, they said um, that the police can't chase anybody who's on a motorbike without wearing a helmet if, if, if the person they're chasing isn't wearing a helmet because of health and safety. And I poo-pooed that and said, well, that's obviously nonsense. I've looked into it. Uh, it's true. It's actually true that if, if the police see somebody on a motorbike who's not got a helmet, they can't chase them. I heard that the other day in London, they just got got wires yeah. to it, and apparently kids are chucking their helmets off. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's probably why they don't wear helmets then. Yeah. You won't see any with a helmet on now. Because they can't be chased, which is insane. That's an insane rule.
Mad. What do you want to see done, Jamie? What, what you know? What, obviously, you want to see these bikes got rid of. What, what, what do you want the police and the council to do? I mean, the, I think it's. I mean, I appreciate they're really short, uh, really short resources, but they use the same rat runs. Yeah, it's the same time every day. Um, they're so loud. You you don't have to be a genius to figure out where they are. You could you could literally go right. Okay, five o'clock. I'm going to stand on French's Avenue, and you're pretty much guaranteed to see five or six. If they can't take, if they're not allowed to chase off, and they could literally send a plain close police officer take some pictures and go, oh, that's who it is. We know who that is. Follow them back, and it, it'd be like fishing with dynamite because they're always in the same places around the same time. Yeah. Jamie, listen, we're not going to let this go, you know, so if, if you feel that the police are ignoring you, uh, we certainly won't be, and uh, we're going we're gonna to keep uh, pursuing this, helmet or no helmet. Oh, so make sure you keep in touch with us and um, let us know how things go. Will do. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Jamie. Oh, that's annoying, isn't it? Yeah. Do you know what? I'm really starting to get hacked off with the police. I'm getting but, hacked off with the police. But they've got no money. Yeah, well, t- tough. Do you know what? Tough. Do something, because it's, it's, it's dangerous... <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm going to sound like such an old fart. Is it going to take someone, a kiddie to get knocked down or something before they then start taking it seriously? Because that will happen. But then there'll just be more crackdowns. Yeah. It needs to be a constant thing. I know they've got no money. And do you know what? That's really bad. And I, I uh, sympathise with Ollie Martins. I sympathise with all of the, the, the police officers. Of course I do. But also, tough. Tough. You know, you, you're working for me. Mm. You're working for Jamie. Go and stop. I've got no money. You haven't got the result. Tough. Go and... St- you've got... you Tough. Ah, oh, dearie me. Matt, your, your first job this morning mm-hmm. was to get Justin Dealey. I don't know where he is. Do though, a Justin Dealey impression, then. We've lost Justin Dealey. Do a Justin Dealey impression, then. You see... Giza. What Justin has done is sent Matt a note, right? Yeah. Yeah. Saying that he's on a different number, and it's the number of another reporter. Now, because Matt has been pranked so many times by Justin Dealey in the past, yeah. he's not sure whether to trust this note. Call it. Call the number up now. The Just call the number up. Why would De- Dealey wouldn't prank you on air? Well, I don't think he would. Dealey but wouldn't I can understand prank... your reticence, Matthew. Dealey wouldn't prank Lockwood live on air. That's just outrageous. Well, that would be horrible, given yesterday. Go on, I then. did give my all to him. I oh, did you? Yes. Sorry, I missed that bit yeah, of the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, did you yeah. take I, it for a drink first? I or? give him everything. Have you called so that number? I'm calling it now. Well, go on then. Dying up with another reporter's name. Have you got the oh, right headset on? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Can't take the call. Sorry? Can't take the call. What do you mean? Can't take the call. What do you mean? Can't take the call. But what do you mean? I know what we do. Can't take the call. But what do you mean? Can't take the call. But what do you mean? Justin Dealey can't take the call. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There's been an accident on the M25 anti-clockwise at junction 16 for the M40, which is causing delays uh, towards junction 15 for the M4. It's because of a serious accident between two lorries, so it could cause some major delays on the M25 anti-clockwise this morning. Elsewhere, it's still looking quite quiet. In Coles Hill on the A404, there's electricity works going on at Wealdon Lane, and also in Bishop Stortford on the A120, Bishop Stortford Bypass. You might have delays because of the temporary traffic lights between the M11 junction 8 for the Birchanger services and Stansted. Road. Looking at the train departure boards, there are no major delays at the moment. Samantha Brough, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sammy, thank you. On the subjects of the bikes in Houghton Regis, Scott has tweeted, the only route left for someone like Jamie is to get out there himself and start pulling them off. 
Well, we certainly wouldn't recommend that, but um, any suggestions, please? 08459 455555. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30. I'm Simon Oxley. Residents in Houghton Regis have again contacted this programme to say the problem of nuisance motorbikes in the town has still not been solved. That's despite a police crackdown which included specialist officers on off-road bikes. Former top FIFA official Chuck Blazer has admitted accepting bribes over the choice of South Africa as 2010 World Cup host and an online funding site set up by Milton Keynesman who asked the public to help him pay for a trip to Dignitas to end his own life has been closed down. Crowdfunder fear they may be breaking the law by assisting suicide. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Andy Murray is through to the French Open semi-finals after beating David Ferrer in four sets. Murray will play Novak Djokovic in the last four after he beat Rafael Nadal in straight sets. The matches that I played in, in Madrid and, and some of the tennis I've played here is obviously the, the best I've played on, on clay. I haven't had results like this before on the surface and you know, never won against David before. I'd never won against Rafa before. You know, never beaten Nishikori before. Or Ryanich and the, these guys. So there's been a lot of firsts for me. So that's that's positive. And yeah, I mean, I take the confidence of the last few weeks into the match against Novak on on Friday. The double Olympic champion Mo Farah has been urged to sever his links with his coach in the light of allegations that Alberto Salazar has violated anti-doping rules. An investigation by the BBC has uncovered claims that Salazar supplied the 10,000 metres silver medalist Galen Rupp with testosterone back in 2002. Both men strongly deny any wrongdoing. There's no suggestion that Mo Farah broke any rules, but former top British distance runner Joe Pavey thinks he should move on. As an athlete, you don't want to associate yourself with people that have got accusations and allegations against them. I mean, I'm not here to accuse anyone. You know, I don't know about the research that's been found out and everything, but all I'd say is if there was anybody that I was slightly associated with that I suddenly realised had these accusations against them or, you know, any of my training partners, I'd run a mile. In football, the former England manager Steve McLaren will be named as Newcastle head coach next week. McLaren was sacked by Championship side Derby last month after they missed out on promotion and transfer for listed Luton striker Ross Lafayette is joining conference side Eastleigh. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next full bulletin is at seven.
Fraser. Do you know what? Today, I've uh, got my new T-shirt on. Oh, yeah. It's uh, a Tamla Motown. I saw that. RPM. I saw that. Very cute. Yeah, but today it's not about fashion. It's um, it's about the people of Outham Regis. And Sorry? today, today I come with news. Some very special news. OK, fine, let's hear Do you remember last week we spoke about the six flags in Bedford Square, Outham Regis, which were spelt incorrectly? They were spelling square. Remind me how they spelt it. Uh, I've got it on my phone somewhere. It was uh, S-Q. A-U, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was S-Q. Of course, we all know square should be spelled like this. Kelly, spell square! <laughs> S-C-U... What? Oh, my God! That's, that's how it's supposed to be spelled, Justin. <laughs> yes, yeah, so uh, those six flags, uh, they've now gone, and mm. they've been replaced by identical flags, which have the word square spelt correctly. Oh, well, well done, yes. done guys. Woo. Well done, guys. Brilliant. Wonder um, uh, how much those plums spent today. It's not council money; it's, it's private money, but still. I wonder whether we could have the old ones. Hey, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> A piece of history. A what? Piece of history. That's what I thought you said. <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> I wonder what you said then. <laughs> yeah, six of them. I mean, th these are six big flags. So yeah. I reckon at yeah. least 150 quid a flag. At least. Yeah. It's got to be. Hey, listen, another player's entered the arena. Go on. Blazer. Blazer. Chuck Geezer. Blazer. Blazer. Brilliant. Making love like Chuck Blazer oh, with a name. beard looking like Grizzly Adam. Hey, I'm Chuck Blazer. <laughs> I got a million dollars in my pocket, which I got from South Africa. <laughs> I took a bung. He's got an apartment for his cat. Ew, Chuck Blazer <laughs> is the player in the house. Be, I want to be Chuck's pussycat. <laughs> well, I'd sing out. Don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. I didn't say I it. I bet they get Sheba. <laughs> Chuck Blazer and Sep Blatter. They should be kings of the world. We'll give um uh, we'll give Sep the um the northern part of the world and Chuck can have the southern part it's of like the world. It's like Game of Thrones, but oh, sexier. It would yeah. be so awesome. Imagine those two guys having a sex party. <laughs> oh no, please. <laughs> Uh, just geezers. Uh, utter, utter geezers. Oh, I've got I, an idea for you. I'm so worried that I really hope that Set Blatter doesn't get Alzheimer's, because I've got a feeling that's what's going to happen. I've just got a feeling he's not well. Why would you step down four days into your presidency? What, if the FBI's investigating? Yeah! <sighs> Justin, what's your idea? Uh, you mentioned uh, dirty cash. Dirty cash, I want you. Dirty cash, I need you all. Money talks. <laughs> Money talks. Dirty cash, I want you. Dirty cash, I need you all. Yes. By Stevie V. What's it gonna look like with a chimney on her? What's he gonna look like with a chimney on Probably quite unsightly. So, so Stevie V, the man behind that uh, classic Dirty Cash. Yes, local and vocal. He, he lives in Bedford. Of course he does. And I'm thinking tomorrow, we get him in the studio, five oh. to Nine, yeah. and we play yes. out with dirty cash and we dedicate that to uh, the players sep and also mr blazer oh yes please justin that yeah. sounds like that sounds absolutely awesome thank you interesting you mentioned uh, he's british is he then what Stevie V? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, well, fair play. Well, it's he sounded like an American on the yeah. song. <laughs> <laughs> they often do. It's interesting you mention that because this is what I want to send you out on, just what Stevie V? No, well, British pop stars account for around one in seven of all albums sold around the world, guys. That we are musical legends. Only one in seven. Sorry. You say one in seven. Yeah, but you consider how small we are compared to I don't know, like France. Ninja. No, I think that's wrong. No. What? 
No, I think it's got to be higher than that, surely. Sing- singer-songwriters such as Sam Smith and Ed Sheeran helped UK music generate £1.8 billion in sales last year. Yeah. That's some um, loose change for someone like Chuck Blazer or Seth. <laughs> But uh, uh, figures from the trade body for UK record labels show British music accounted for 12% of album sales in the US, 15% in Canada, and 20% in Australia. Yeah. You're not buying that? No, I think it's no. got to be higher. No. It's got to be. All right, this is what you've got to do, right? Take this to the streets. Yeah. Ask people, um, well, how do we do this, Catherine, to find out how popular British music is on the street of Houghton Weegis? Well, ask them for their three favourite pop stars. And three favourite pop stars, just. Just bear in mind, a lot of people here cannot spell the word square, so that might be a tough question. Yeah, but music is a universal language. It mm-hmm. doesn't spelling don't matter. Apart yeah. from French music, which mm. sucks. Well, no, it's lyric heavy, so they're not so bothered about no. a, a melody. No, they're not bothered about um, uh, washing, for goodness' sake. So <gasps> that's not racist. That was in the paper last week. That the, the French don't well, shower every day. My French exchange partner came over, and I was helping I her he, unpack. I bet he stank. She, yeah. um, Celine. She was helping. Celine. I mean that. That's just such a cliche. I was helping her unpack and I uh, said, oh, you don't seem to have any deodorant. I can get you some. She went, no, it's OK. I, I have my perfume. I do not have any deodorant because it gets in the way of the airs on my, under my arm. <laughs> she didn't have airs under her arm. Did she not? Why not? How do oh, you know these? How oh. do you know these? I didn't know I could speak French. Girls know. You're good. You're good. What? Girls. What, she, you know, she doesn't shave them? Mm. Yes. Yeah, she did. Did she? Yeah. A French that's girl. A that's a myth about French girls. It is it's not the Germans. A myth. It is not a myth. I've seen it in a video. Oh, well. Where was the video and I'll, lend, I'll give you that back, Justin, when I finish well, with it. Was, was it from say. the 70s, perchance? No, no, recently. I, I was in France not so long ago. I yeah. did my own research and... <laughs> I, I conducted the, the, this Justin's poll on the streets. Yes, yeah, 70% of French ladies that I came into contact with did, in actual fact, have hairy armpits. And that's not that's not criticism. No, it's fact. It's, it's fact, not uh, fiction. No, I think that you'd find it more prevalent in Germany, but... Oh. Well, the, well, the, well, the Germans to one side, it's 100%. No, 80%, actually, according Sorry, to Justin, research, you've got your yes. figures there. Yeah. Take this to the streets, just British pop stars. Your top three, yeah? Yes, please, my No dears. problem. Ta-ta. Cheers.
travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There's been an accident on the M25 anti-clockwise between Junction 16 for the M40 and 15 for the M4. It's between two lorries and it's causing queues all the way back from Junction 17 for Maple Cross. On the M1 it's looking slow southbound past Junction 10 for Luton Airport to 9 for Redbourne. And looking at the speed sensors just off the A1M in Nebworth, that's looking really slow from Watton Road all the way on London Road on the approach to the A1M. On the A41 Northwestern Avenue in North Watford, that's looking very busy now on the speed sensors at the Dome Round about and on the train departure boards there's no reports of any major delays at the moment Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio Sammy, thank you so, so much 6.45 It is th- th- Thursday, the 4th of June I'm Ian Lee, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio Residents in Houghton Regis have again contacted this programme to say the problem of nuisance motorbikes in the town has still not been solved Former top FIFA official Chuck Blair plays a blazer has admitted accepting bribes over the choice of South Africa as 2010 World Cup host. And an online funding site set up by a Milton Keynes man who asked the public to help him pay for a trip to Dignitas to end his own life has been closed down. Let's get the weather. Here's Elizabeth. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, very good morning to you. It's going to be feeling very much like summer, not just today, but also tomorrow and over the weekend too. But today, probably the nicer day in that it will feel warm and it will be dry too. We're expecting some rather lively thunderstorms tomorrow. But today, yes, it's going to be dry. It's been a bit of a chilly start, but the sunshine, you know, helping to raise the temperatures really quite nicely. And by the time we get to the afternoon, I think we'll be comfortably up to around 21 or 22 Celsius, which is 72 in Fahrenheit. A little bit of wispy high cloud and uh, just a very light breeze as well. Lots of sunshine around for the rest of the day, lasting well into the evening. And then overnight tonight, a mild night to come, staying dry, lows of around 14 or 15 degrees. And for tomorrow, we've got a weather warning out. Now, this weather warning is for uh, locally quite heavy thunderstorms. We could also see quite a lot of lightning around as well. So the thunderstorms will tend to be quite hit and miss on and off, so some places will see them and other places will escape them altogether. And the warning lasts from tomorrow morning rush hour all the way up until the evening. Now we're going to get a plume of really quite warm air so the humidity levels will be quite high tomorrow I think temperatures could get as high as 24 or 25 degrees but there could be some spots that even get as high as 27 or 28 degrees Celsius so there'll be some complaints about the heat I think tomorrow Um, there will be a bit of sunshine around at times but a bit more in the way of cloud as as I said the risk of some heavy downpours too but over the weekend it'll feel a bit fresher but it will be dry and there'll be an awful a lot of sunshine around as well. Temperatures are probably sort of low 20s by the time we get to Saturday and Sunday. That's the forecast. Nick Coffer on BBC Three Counties Radio. Every day it's not just about great music and great conversation. I'll get a bit technical here. It's about local experts helping you across beds, hearts and bucks. So what we're talking about then is capital gains tax potentially on the portion of the property that they directly own. On finance, relationships. But look at the way that you have contributed to this situation. Health. When you have a cough which can seem quite innocuous in this way but just irritating. Asthma is something that we would think of. Your pets. Particularly if your dog is a border collie cross and um, it will be epilepsy and even law you still cannot say judge you have to stick to this but the judge's approach now is going to be well why shouldn't we local advice for local people nick coffer weekdays from 12 on bbc three counties radio let's have it
Oh, man, alive. That will wake you up, wouldn't it? Oh. And just as that started, Matt Lockwood said, do you want some more coffee? Oh, baby, yes, please. Do you know what my favourite bit of that was? Yes. Boom, bit, bit. Boom, bit, bit, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love Arthur Lee. Man alive, it's going to be an Arthur Lee day in my house. What's in the papers, Catherine? Uh, well, this, uh, that I th- uh, thought was quite interesting. Uh, uh, bit, 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 bit. An arm yeah. has been grown in a laboratory. Oh, yeah. On a living animal for the first time. Freaky. I've, I've got a phone in. I've got a phone in. Yeah. What, what, what uh, bit could they grow for you? No, you're steady, steady. Researchers took a forearm from a dead rat. Oh, Do they have arms? A forearm? Surely they're all legs. Four legs. No, the front ones are arms. No, they're not. The front ones are arms. No, not unless it's a muppet. They can sit on their on their backs and fe- they feed themselves cheese. Of course they do. With ha- yeah. Or they can put um, gloves on and become boxers. Um, no, that's mice. But the, the, the front ones are hands. Yes. Really? Yes. Of course right, they are. Whatever it is, they they pulled it off and stuck it on another rat. I mean, that's the scientific reason. The US breakthrough brings hope that amputees could eventually grow their oh. own replacement biolimbs. What's your walking around <laughs> yeah, with they, one stuck to your back? Amputees could eventually grow their own, really? Yeah. yeah. Daniel Weiss, an Home organ grown. regeneration expert, said, This is science fiction coming to life. In the project, Dr. Harold Ott first washed the donor limb in detergent, so only the framework was left. Oh, I don't want to think about that. This was then placed in an incubator type jar. Yes, it's a limb in a jar. Injected with healthy blood vessels and muscle cells and fed nutrients and oxygen. A limb in a jar. Within three weeks, the blood vessels and muscles had rebuilt. Oh, yeah. My goodness. When the bio limb was attached to a living rat, blood quickly bio flowed limb. through it and the creature could flex its new paw. This is awesome. This what is bit what would you have for? grown for you? Steady. Well, speaking of bits that you'd have grown for you, you've seen the front cover of the Jilly Cooper. Yeah. The reissue, Riders. Um, the, now, the, I remember the front page uh, of Riders, the front cover, mm-hmm. when it came out in 1985. I was 12, 12 years old. It was a very erotic image. Well, because his hand is right next to. Well, he's got ring. he's got a, he's got a ring on his finger, or nearly, and he's touching a very um, um, a plump bottom. Mm-hmm. He's touching a bit more than the bottom. It's in, like a proper 1980s curvy bum. In Jodhpur's. Well, they've uh, they've re-released this classic piece of literature. And um, his hand has has is just touching the buttock. Well, not even her, but it's really just sort of her it's lower waist. It's touching her side, yeah. And um, uh, the, the, the Libby Purvis has made up uh, that this is uh, sanitising and it's all about liberal hypocrisy on sex. Yeah, but that book, I bought that thinking it would be filth, and maybe I've got a, a especially filthy mind, but yeah. I found that a disappointment. But that front cover, really, the first front cover, really yeah. is. For um, boys in the 80s, we, we, we didn't have mobile phones and we didn't even have the internet, so finding stuff like that, it was either in bushes, in your mum's catalogue, or it was that. What was the thing about that stuff in woods? People used to hide them in bushes. In yeah, yeah, honestly, the 80s... Was uh, was full of um, uh, men only uh, razzles and escorts <laughs> hidden in bushes in the woods, and it was. I found some. I found some. Yeah, well, that's. I mean, great times. The, the wood. Here's it the was thing. like the forerunner to geocaching. It was the woods. <laughs> the woods were like the old-fashioned internet when I was a kid. They were. Uh, they're bringing back. Where's the sun? I don't understand why they're doing this. I'm blessed, Paul Denan. I had a phone call from Paul Denan the other day. I must phone him back. Did he's, you? Yeah, I like Paul. I know Paul a little bit. He's a nice lad. And he's looking for a little bit of work. And he, he, he thought he might be involved in this. And I, I don't think he is. I'm sure he isn't. Uh, they're bringing back Love Island. Oh. Wasn't hey. he on that? He was on that, yeah. Paul Denan. He is such a nice lad. Troubled. Troubled. But uh, anyway, sex scenes are banned on the new series of Love Island. Why is there a new series of Love Island? Mm. So Love Island, where it was Paul Denan and Carolyn Best and um, loads of other, you know, kind of odd celebrities. Mm. 
but with loads of other hot women celebrities to see if they would get it on, and they didn't. Yeah. And wasn't there a civilian version as well? Yeah, but, I mean, who wants to watch dumb people... Excuse well, well, actually, Big Brother. Yeah, I'm not going to finish that conversation. Channel Five. E- everyone apparently. Have you seen Geordie Shore? If you want to see filth, then it's on there. The show beginning on Sunday will see six girls and six guys paired up as soon as they enter the Mallorca Mallorca yeah. villa. But intimate action will not be shown. ITV director of digital Angela Jane says we are going to make them choose the person they'd like to be with. We are going to play with them. Should be really good fun. They're all uh. gorgeous. How raunchy will it get? Well, it depends on them. What we're looking for is romance. Of course they are. Of course they are. Um, it's, uh, I don't really want to show that kind of stuff. It's not the act that is interesting, it's the reaction. Showing people shy is pretty boring. Well. Love Island. I mean, why is that coming back, of all things? Do you remember Blind Data? Blind Data. And that was innocent fun, but it, uh, it got filthier towards the end, didn't it? And when they're saying, if you were a, um, a cake, what would you be? And then they'd say something really filthy. Then they'd come back I'd from the date. I'd be a sex cake. Yeah, and then they'd come back from the date and went, Covered in to cream. touch my leg. Yeah. It's like, well, you gave him the come on all the way through that programme, saying awful things about a patisserie. I'm not saying you're asking for it, but uh, you certainly encouraged. Thank you, Matt. I'd go on that programme. What? Blinder data? Love, Love Island. Sorry? Two. I'd go on Love Island. I'd go on Love Island. You don't get tea there, mate. I'd go on Love Island. Is this unleaded, this um, coffee? It is, yeah. Good. Is you. mine proper? It is, yeah. OK. Excellent. It's only one day, isn't it? I think so. Kate Upton has joined an online craze where people hold a drink of Coke between their boobs. Mm. She's got a Coke glass between her boobs and she's going, oh. What for? The Model 22 was one of thousands of Instagram users who've taken part believing it was for breast cancer awareness. Cool. However, it was actually... This is how stupid people are. It was actually started by US glamour model Gemma Jacks. Glamour model, eh? They started it to make fun of challenges that go viral, such as last year's ice bucket challenge. Have you seen the brilliant advert? Yes. Um, what was it? Some I, t- I retweeted it, said, it. Was it the one that said, I didn't do the ice bucket challenge and now I've got M E? All of... No, it wasn't M-E. It was M-S where, or something. No, it's... Um, uh, uh, oh. uh, f- four of my friends did the ice bucket challenge last year. I didn't. And now I'm the one that's got motor neurone disease. Mm. And, and someone's tweeted that going, what's the message of this, karma? Like the, the chain letter effect. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's nasty, that. Do you remember it? the Ice Bucket Challenge? I think... Oh, iPlayer stream is broken. Matt! Oh, jeez. Oh, Matt! Yeah? The I, BBC iPlayer is broken. <laughs> Could you nip down to the basement and switch it off and switch it on again for us, please? The basement? We're in the basement. No. No, we're on the ground floor. What? There's a, the floor below the ground floor is the basement. That's where the BBC iPlayer computer is. Could you switch it off and switch it on again, please? Just say yes, Matt. Yeah, yeah. OK. I mean, what's yeah, so hard about really. that? You go down there, it's labelled iPlayer computer. It doesn't even know what floor we're on. It doesn't know... How can you not know what floor... How are you going to produce a show on Sundays when you don't know what floor we're on? Well, you know, that's... Uh, we, that's... Met your, we met your host, yes. Mr Adu. He was late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, he was, how late was he? An hour and a half late for yeah. training yesterday? Came strolling in. Bold well, brass. Uh, you know, it, that's what happens. What, what, when? Black time. What? Yeah, yeah. No, well, no, that's, no. That's, that's, um, that's me back in trouble. Thanks, Matt. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
On the M25, there's been an accident anti-clockwise between Junction 16 for the M40 and 15 for the M4, and the delays are now from Junction 18 for Chorleywood, and that's after an accident with two lorries. On the M1, it's busy southbound between Junction 11 for Dunstable and 9 for Redbourne, and on the North Orbital Road, it's really slow around the M25, Junction 21A roundabout. It's also busy in Boreham on the A1 southbound from the Holiday Inn towards Berlin, Barnet Lane at Stirling Corner, and on the trains, there are no delays, but on the London Underground, it's suspended on the Baker line between Harrow and Wilston and Queen's Park. That's because of a signal failure at Queen's Park. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. Now, dear listener, I know, I know, I know, I know, don't worry. No offence was intended and I'm sure none was taken. If any was, then we humbly apologise here at BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's crack on, shall we? Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, nuisance motorbikes still a problem in Houghton Regis. Former FIFA official admits World Cup bribes and online fundraising page for Milton Keynes man closed down. BBC Three Counties Radio. Residents in Houghton Regis say the problem of nuisance motorbikes in the town has still not been solved. That's despite a police crackdown which included specialist officers on off-road bikes. Several residents, including Jamie Norman, have contacted BBC Three Counties to again voice their concerns. I mean, I appreciate they're really short on resources, but they use the same rat runs. It's the same time every day. They're so loud, you you don't have to be a genius to figure out where they are. But Bedfordshire Police Commissioner Ollie Martin says they can't focus on the problem every day. What we were having to do was put specific resources in there and run a specific operation rather than being able to deliver it um, as a business-as-usual uh, activity, if you like. Um, you know, clearly, if we need to run another specific operation, then that's what we'll, we'll consider. Former top FIFA official Chuck Blazer has admitted that he and others on the executive committee agreed to accept bribes over the choice of South Africa as 2010 World Cup host. The American said he also helped to arrange bribes over the 1998 event. The admissions come in a newly released court transcript in which he pleads guilty to 10 charges. A Milton Keynes man who asked the public to help him pay for a trip to Dignitas to end his own life has had his plans thwarted. The online company Roger Bailey was using to raise the funds has pulled out over fears they may be breaking the law by assisting suicide. More from Tony Fisher. Crowdfunder told the 66-year-old that based on their latest legal advice, they couldn't let his project continue. They said they'd been instructed the backers are at risk of breaking the current law and assisting suicide, and that Crowdfunder itself may also be at risk of breaking the law. Crowdfunder apologised they couldn't let the project fund on the website. Five Thames Valley police officers accused of gross misconduct will have their cases heard today. They relate to the death of Habibullah in Wickham, who died while being arrested in 2008. An injured woman had to be cut free by firefighters after a three-vehicle collision in Buckinghamshire yesterday afternoon. Crews were called to the A413 London Road at Little Missenden at around 5.30. New figures suggest that one in every seven albums sold around the world last year was by a British act. They also reveal that five out of the top ten global recording artists are from the UK. More from Colin Patterson. 
Ed Sheeran's Multiply was the UK's most successful album last year, selling 4.4 million copies worldwide. Coldplay, One Direction and Sam Smith all passed the 3 million mark with their latest albums, and together they helped the UK have a 13.7% share of album sales around the world. In sport, Andy Murray is through to the French Open semi-finals after beating David Ferrer in four sets. He'll play Novak Djokovic in the last four. The weather, dry, warm and sunny, a maximum temperature 23 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. One bullet dodged. Only another two hours to go. I mean, there's so much we could do with that. I won't, but... There is, but I won't. Well, I'm tempted, but I won't. Morning, guys. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Kelly Betts today is being played by Matt Lockwood. Morning, Matt. Good morning. You don't need your headphones on to speak. And Catherine Boyle is being played by a, a, a more mature version of Catherine Boyle oh, today. thanks very much. Sorry? It's the grey that does it. Wow. Hey! Lots on the show. Um, yeah. Across I mean, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Have we got any Texas? We've got loads of Texas. Oh, let's have some Texas. Some, though, are to a chap called Paul. Do you know him? No. Yeah. Paul? Morning, Paul. Oh. How was Watford? Oh. I recognised your particular black brand of madness pretty quickly, but Veronica from Marquette had me fooled until her confession at the end. I reckon Jamie from Houghton Regis would find a better solution by extending the hand of friendship and understanding the biker boys rather than using the heavy hand of the law, says Tony on the canal. By the way, speaking of Tonys, yes. uh, if you don't know what they're talking about, listen to yesterday's show with Justin Dealey. Speaking of Tonys, mm. there's a clip of Tony Fisher talking about crowdfunding right. Yes. in the news. Would you like me to do something with it? Can we get that clip? I just want to... I just want to check one thing he says. Do you want the whole thing? Yes, have the whole thing. Okay. Can you can you pull Tony Fisher off for of me? I can. Okay. In a heartbeat. Because I just there's one thing he says on there that I was like, what? Oh. Now you've got me intrigued, and I'm sure. Ready. The listener is intrigued too. Okay, well, let's uh, give, give us a couple more texts. Uh, here's another on. one. Uh, this is from Kevin. Gosh, they're loving you today. Uh, just to say, thanks to are. Ian. I saw and spoke to him on Monday while stuck in traffic. Hey, Kevin the trucker, we were stuck in London. We were opposite the Shell building. Good morning, Kevin. He said he was very warm and a nice guy, just like he is on radio and TV. A lot of celebrities could learn from him. I Kevin. was um, stuck in a, a cab, um, not a black cab, in a cab by the worst uh, cab company of all time. I hate them. They're awful. Won't say their name. And um, I was leaning out of the window because it was a hot day and the cab driver's aircon was on, but it was blowing hot. Oh. And he said, I'm really sorry, the aircon's broken, it's blowing hot. Open the window. And I, so I thought, oh, so I opened the window. So I was, I was leaning out the window, stuck in traffic, bored and hot. And then Kevin, this guy drove past in his, in his truck and went, all right, mate, I'll listen to your show. Now, this is in the middle of London, mm-hmm. central London, by the, it was near the city. And I was thinking, well, he can't be talking about this show, the 3CR show. It must be an old one I did. Why not? Well, because why would he be listening to this rubbish? He's in, and he said, I, I, I can pick you up from junction 14 of the M1. Boom. And then, but then there was a five, five minutes of me leaning out the window while he tried to take a photo. But we kept moving. Okay, we kept moving along, so it was an awkward session. But um, good morning, Kevin. It sounds like a beautiful but fleeting love affair. And he was a very uh, handsome young man. He's from Birmingham. Hey. Oh, well, you know, Fridays and Saturdays. Exactly. Kevin, if you Fridays like a bit of lead, you get a bit extra then. Fridays and Saturdays. Uh, and this one, we've got a report of a suspicious-looking Justin dealer. Oh, yeah. Outside oh, okay. All right. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Morrison's Houghton Regis. Actually, uh, Johnny Marsh Farms phones made it say morbid sons, but I think he means Morrison's okay. in Houghton Regis. Okay. So, Dini is there. Matt, what's your input? Let's be careful. 
Get that, pull that, pull off Tony Fisher if you can, because here's something I'm sure. Now, uh, we're always asking you to get in touch if there's something that we can help you with. And there's one subject that keeps popping up again and again and again and again. It's the flipping bikes, off-road bikes in Houghton Regis. We've had so many people saying, well, the, yeah, the police have been and it stopped for a while, but it's still going on. Let's speak to Sam. Morning, Sam. Good morning. Uh, Sam, you've experienced these bikes. How bad is it? Um, on, on a lovely summer's day, it's unbearable. Absolutely unbearable. And is this even after the, the, the police, uh, you know, went in and did their, their little raid? Well, they, they, they come out, um, but the, the bikers aren't stupid. They know they're going to be there for at least an hour before the police can come out. So they hang around and they nip off for half an hour and then they come back. Um, and how? And what kind of stuff have you seen and heard? How, d describe for those people who, who haven't witnessed this. What what exactly is going on? I say my house is is based around the uh, around the park, and on a on a lovely sunny day, I can be calling the police twelve times. It it's horrendous. They're they're off road bikes. They're pretend little bikes. They're not roadworthy bikes. But to get onto the road or to get onto the um, the park you have to access the road otherwise you come over the field it, you call them 12 sorry sam you call the police 12 times a day I, I, on some occasions i mean it, it's generally you know once or twice I, I think i called them yesterday three times and what do they say you get you make call number three and i mean what do they say do they what will pop over or stop bothering us what's their the police's reaction i mean the, the police have been quite supportive in that way they say they'll try their best they'll come out when there's um a free policeman to come oh, out dear. but it all depends on if there's something else happening it's not a priority and i asked them in, in a letter once well when does it become a priority well it'll be when someone gets knocked down and seriously injured that's when it'll be that it'll become a little bit more serious i would um, imagine yeah yeah I mean, I, I know they can they can try and catch them in the first instance, and um, they they give them what a section fifty nine notice, which is where they sort of hand them a piece of paper, and if they catch them again, then they'll take the bike. Yeah. Oh. They've got to catch them, so sometimes it can take months. Uh, why do you stay there? Why do you stay in the area? Because. I mean, we both work in London. My husband and I work in London, so it, it's easy access. Yeah. I, I work all over Bedfordshire, Buckinghamshire, Berkshire, Northamptonshire, so access to the M1, lovely. And this isn't putting you off too much? Well, I mean, I would much rather not be here. I mean, I, I'm, I'm based from... I work from home. Yeah. Um, but I go into my office in... in um, in Houghton Regis, or in Houghton Regis, in, in High Wycombe. Mm. But, uh, Sam, what do you want the police to do? What, what would be the ideal scenario for you? Access to the, access to the park is, is quite easy. The, there are gates um, at the front and the side um, that are they're shaped gates that you're supposed to be able to walk through mm. but not, not do anything else. But the bikes just nip through them. Um, access to the park... From the back, it's just over the field. I mean, I've, I've asked for CCTV cameras, but because it's a, it's a private park, they said no, no CCTV cameras. Sam, listen... There's more policemen. Keep in touch with us. We're not going to let this one go. I think the police are hoping that we kind of get bored of this, but we won't. So keep in touch with us and let us know if it gets better or if it gets worse or, or, or what happens, won't you? I'm, I'm dreading the summer holidays coming. 
I'm dreading the summer holidays coming. I, I can't have a barbecue in my garden. It's it's unbearable. My my garden backs onto the park, so they're just sort of three metres away from me. It's sort of sometimes two o'clock in the morning, um, you know, 12 o'clock in the afternoon, they're always there. The bane know, of my existence. Do you know what, Sam? Listen, I really appreciate your time. Uh, we, we might send someone over at some point on a nice day. Nice little barbecue. I might pop along. Uh, but we might send someone over, I think. That might be a good idea. So they can we, we can hear for ourselves and then mm. we can give that to the police. Sam, thank you very much. It sounds absolutely flipping awful, doesn't it? It really does. 08459 555. Is this the clip of Tony Fisher? Yeah. Can I have a listen? Go on. Did you, have you listened to it? Yeah. Have you heard what I think I've heard? No. OK, well, maybe I didn't. Crowdfunder told the 66-year-old that based on their latest legal advice, they couldn't let his project continue. They said they'd been instructed the backers are at risk of breaking the current law and assisting suicide and that crowd funder itself may also be at risk of breaking the law. Crowdfunder apologised they couldn't let nope. the project fund on the website. He doesn't say it. What did you think he said? <sighs> no, that's an alternative website. I thought he stopped. <laughs> I thought he stumbled a little bit and, and um, an F-bomb popped up. But uh, never, Tony, Tony Fisher swearing, no, sir. Never, sir. No, sir, indeed. Here's a thing Go on, on the text. Yeah. This is John in Marsh Farm again. Yeah. Why don't the residents all get together and attack the bikers? <laughs> well, John, because of something called... The law. Although you would be tempted, and again, I'm not saying you should do this, you would be tempted to uh, get a little bit of fishing wire and uh, kind of a, 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 a chest level. That's so dangerous. Uh, oh, I'm not saying do it. I'm just, I'm just saying if I were in that situation, it'd be going on for years, yeah. I'd be... Um, yeah, and you've been asking the police for I'd help. I'd be a bit Charles Bronson. And we have had stories of people going out there and sorting it out themselves. Well, people... Well, people um, what was that, like, that clip of that lady? It was Vicky's husband, wasn't it? Where is um, Vicky's husband? Because Vicky told, Vicky's told a really powerful story. I may have lost it, actually. I've got it somewhere, I think. Vicky told um, a very, very powerful story. Hang on, this is it. Fried, no. fried, fried potatoes. Uh, no, it's this. Sorry. Lower. No. Lower. No. Lower. No. No, is it this? Stetson. No. Um, is it this? Romp. No. Chinsling. No. No. Oh, where is it? This. We all got done for throwing a rubber no. down at Stuart Blair's euphonium. No, it's this. Uh, it's not really good looking. I would say it's awful. Ah, it's this. They actually drove across the green when the kids were coming back from school and nearly knocked women over with toddlers and it got that bad. My husband went after them on his own motorbike and pulled them off. I mean, yeah. people are really going to drastic measures to try and give them something else to do. A hobby or something. Hobby. <laughs> Say the word hobby to a 15-year-old and uh, see what reaction you get. Have you not got any hobbies? What's your hobby? If you know will be the reaction. Um, so there's um, 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 the, the Bernie Eccleston. Yes. We were talking about this. I, I, we disagree slightly. And I can understand, I can understand the um, grumpy midget billionaire. He's a billionaire. He's not a millionaire. He's a billionaire. I've heard that he's knocking on squillionaire. Formula uh, One chief Bernie Eccleston... What if he's related to Tamara Eccleston? Yes, he is. Has not been able to bring himself to visit Michael Schumacher since his horrific skiing accident. The 84-year-old midget billionaire who used to play backgammon with the German driver on race weekend said, I don't want to see Michael like that. I remember Michael as he was. Mm. That is how I want to see Michael. If he comes back, that is how I want Michael to be. Seven-time Formula One champion Schumacher suffered a serious brain injury in the Alps in December in 2013. He spent months in a coma and needs constant care at home in Gland, 
Switzerland. Imagine living in Gland. The former Ferrari ace is immobile, cannot speak, and is looked after by a team of carers. I don't... Now, I can understand why you don't want to see a friend who's... who's um, a friend. Someone you work with, or a friend, that has um, been injured. Tough. Go and do it. When my mum got ill, the number of friends that disappeared... Like, really good friends that disappeared. Yeah. She's got a couple of people that still go and see her, but everyone else just kind of naffed off. People feel uncomfortable about it. They feel that reaction, and yeah. then they allow that to be... They justify it in their minds, and it's... An, look, it's a natural reaction to have. You don't want to... You Tough. don't want to see them like that, but at the same time... It's not about you. No. It's not about you. And also, it won't be as bad as you think it will. Uh, it's about it's about Schumacher. It's about it's kind of about his wife and his family. Oh, Bernie! Did Bernie pop round today? That's nice, isn't it? See Bernie pop round to see Michael. He was so it was so nice to see him. A couple of years ago, towards the end of my grand's life, I remember talking to you about how I would ring her up and she didn't know who I was, and it was soul destroying. And I felt like I didn't want to ring her anymore because it just made things worse. You convinced me to ring her up. Do you know what? It was the best phone call we ever had. Just do it. What? Just do it. Have you? We've done this. Uh, we've done this a long time ago. Have you stopped seeing someone because they got ill, because of something that happened, or or has that happened to you? you, you know, people stopped coming to visit you because you ended up in a wheelchair, or you know, you know, something happened. I know it's a little bit more severe than ending up in a wheelchair for Michael Schumacher, but have your friends? Did they disappear when you got poorly? I, I, you'll be surprised, dear listener, how common it is. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25, there are long delays from Junction 18 for Chorleywood to 15 for the M4 because of a two-lorry accident. It's also busy anti-clockwise between Junction 24 for Potters Bar and 23 for South Mims of the A1M. In Mill Hill on the A1 Watford Way, that's looking very slow from Edgware towards Mill Hill Circus. And in Chestnut on the A10 Great Cambridge Road, that's really slow southbound between Church Lane and the M25. There's no reports of any delays on the train departure boards, but there are on the underground. The Bakerloo line is suspended between Harrow and Will and Queen's Park because of a signal failure. Smelt the breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sammy, thank you very much. Blimey, my uh, albums are available for pre-order on Amazon. Sorry, no, sorry. Side note, side note. Releasing a record, not me singing. That would be ridiculous. Right, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Residents in Houghton Regis have again contacted this programme to say the problem of nuisance motorbikes in the town has still not been solved. Former top FIFA official Chuck Blazer has admitted accepting bribes over the choice of South Africa as 2010 World Cup host. BBC Three Counties Radio. Sometimes in life, things don't always go to plan. It worked perfectly for two and a half, three years till two days ago. He should refund me £1,900. Which is where we come in. We managed to get them to agree to come back in to the property on an agreed date. The JVS show takes on your consumer problems. But I've basically lost the whole lot in administration charges. And helps to get to the right solution. I've received a cheque back for £578. Jonathan, I can't thank you enough. I I don't know how you do what you do, you and your team. The JVS Show, weekdays from nine, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. I've got no music, I've got to play a song, I've got no songs to play, there's nothing there, I'll just do this. That's all I've got left on my computer, everything else has disappeared, Catherine. It's been stolen, for goodness sakes.
The cleaners have been in. The cleaners have been in. Justin Dealey is listening. Oh, morning, Just. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, what? Boss. Hang on, where are you? I'm here. Where? Put, him on, put him on a fader, Matt. <laughs> put him on what a fader. Put him, tell me what fader. There we go, he's there. Thank you. Oh. Good morning, Justin. Good morning, boss. Oh, you OK? I'm struggling, mate. I'm struggling. Go on. I was going to say, you know, we're coming to uh, the end of our loosened days, moving to Dunstable. And, uh, oh, you're, yeah. you're taking this hard, aren't you? I am. Do you know what? This you week... You take it hard. It's, it's a good week, actually, to bully me, because uh, oh. mentally I'm not quite there this week. You know, I've been at the radio station since, what, 1996 in Luton? Yeah. On the streets, and uh, come the 16th of June, you know, it's a fresh start, looking forward to it, but it's all changed for me. I don't, I don't like change. You know what's going to happen, mate? Go on. Is, um, like, uh, the first day at uh, uh, Dunster Bubble, mm. you're not going to be there. Where's Justin? Not answering his phone. Yeah. We're going to drive down to uh, Luton in the afternoon. <laughs> We're going to find you running around the building, naked, yeah. <laughs> smearing um, all kinds of excretions over your woody. A dirty protest. That's what's going to be happening, Love guys. It. I'm going to upset you now, Justin. Mm. I didn't want to come back here this morning. Why? I wanted to go straight there. It's it is brilliant. Ni- it is nice. Well, I'm going there for training today. You see, some people, they, uh, they come in and work and then go to training. You know what I'm saying, guys? Yeah, well, I was going to do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then... Um, and then I did some research and find out we didn't have to. <laughs> Good research. Yes, yeah, no, so I thought, oh, yeah, I'll take the day off. Yeah. I'll have some of that. So, 16th of June, guys, Dunstable, our new home. I'll be on the streets of Dunstable a bit more. And you know what? This is going to be a new me. Because when I start in Dunstable, uh, no more loafers with jeans and trench coats. I'm going to be wearing a suit to work every single day. What, in the summer? Yeah. I give it six weeks. Okay. How many suits have you got? Uh, I've got three. Right. Okay. Yeah, I'll give it. I'll give it three, three weeks. weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get fed up, Justin. You're a fashion chameleon. You will not be able to stick oh, to the suit. I'm telling you that. This now. is a new town. It's a new dog. It's going to cost right? you a fortune in dry cleaning. I'm doing it for the people. I just think, you know, if I'm going to do this, I need something in my mind that says, do you know what? You're going somewhere new, you're going to be doing something new. So look out for me on the streets. I'll be wearing a suit, maybe a three-piece the odd day as well, (laughs) from the 16th of June. Mate, you're such a plum. Uh, Listen, these bikes in Houghton Regis, uh, it goes on and on and on and on and on and on. Um, and people are getting fed up with it. You've taken this yeah. to the streets, haven't you? I have. And when you come into an area uh, in the branded BBC vehicle, um, you straight away know if there's a real issue because as soon as you park the vehicle, people come up to you saying, are you here about the bikes? Yes, we are. Of course, uh, the police had a big crackdown a few weeks ago. They came here for a couple of weeks and they had two motorbikes themselves. And for a while, things died down. Nobody was complaining. We thought the problem had been solved. Well, now the police have have eased off that, if you like. They can't be here all the time, of course. The problem has returned. And I've got some audio coming up here, which is quite possibly the most shocking of the lot. I spoke to a teenager earlier on about the motorbikes here and the problems they're causing in Houghton Regis. Take a listen to this. Aaron, you're 18 years old. What's the worst thing that you've seen here in Houghton Regis when it comes to the motorbikes we're talking about this morning? Um, yeah, the worst thing I've seen, uh, I think, is like when you're at the skate park and you're trying to, you know, um, have a good time on your bike and whatnot, and then the uh, motorbikes come over from the field because that's normally where they are, and then they go around on the skate park maybe once or twice, and um, 
yeah, that just shouldn't be happening. That's, that's probably the worst thing I've seen regarding motorbikes, to be honest. So the motorbikes, this is incredible. So the motorbikes are coming to the skate park and they're going up and down the ramps, you're saying, on yeah. their motorbikes. Yeah, it happens. Normally when they come over, they, uh, they don't really go around for long, but they do go around once or twice. And not only is it dangerous for them, it's also dangerous for other kids because some people, like, uh, they bring their really young children when they're like seven or eight or something to the park and they just shouldn't be on the same, you know, near each other because that's just too dangerous. Yeah. So, so these people that are using the skate park as it should be used, having to, to literally get out of the way quickly oh, yeah. as these bikes come in and go up and down the ramps. Yeah, they, they drive straight on from the field. I, that's the reason why I didn't think it was a good idea having it in the middle of the field because they drive straight on from the field onto it. So, and then, yeah, it's more dangerous for them, but it's dangerous for everyone to be honest. It just shouldn't happen because... Yeah. Yeah, there's no point of them doing that, really. It isn't designed to afford that. I mean, I've heard all sorts of stories, but I think that's probably the worst one so far. Kids having to get out of the way as bikes come into the skate park. Do you think that somebody is going to be killed here unless this problem is solved once and for all? Um, I think eventually, yeah, but I think more the, the people doing it themselves, to be honest, because um, when they come to the park, people do sort of get out of the way, but it, it is like, um, scary watching them do it on their motorbikes because their motorbikes aren't designed to do that. No. It's it's so dangerous that you know they, they could easily just flip over and land on their heads, not wearing helmets or anything. So, yes, yeah, yeah, it has to be solved 100% definitely. Okay, just lastly, you're a young kid yourself. You're 18 years old. Uh, the people that you've seen on these bikes here, as you say, with no helmets, how old are they? Uh, I said they sort of. Uh, they sort of range from maybe 15-ish to sort of 18, 19. So we're not talking adults, we're talking teenagers. Yeah, we're talking teenagers, yeah. Okay. Wow, what an interesting story. Thanks very much indeed. Yeah, you're welcome. Well, you know, yeah, it's... Um, <sighs> what are you going to do, Just? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Well, hopefully, um, the police coming on later on, um, they'll be telling you what the very latest is. But, but you can't have a situation where you, you've got children playing in a skate park, having to literally get out of the way as quickly as they can as motorbikes come in and go up and down those What ramps. would you do, Just? It's your neighbourhood, right? Yep. And it's happening around the back of your house. Would you, would you go out and, and uh, there's a young lad riding yep. a motorbike, would you go and pull him off? Uh, no, I wouldn't pull him off. And i tell you what, I've, I've heard this already on your programme this morning, people saying, why? Why don't you go and talk to them? Uh, it's all very well saying that, but but if you've got a young 15-year-old kid who clearly has no regards for the law at all, he's in your neighbourhood, he's on his bike, he's got no helmet, he's causing all sorts of problems, do you honestly think by saying, excuse me, would you mind not doing that, that's going to make any difference? No. This is down to the police. They've got to come here, they've got to sort this problem out, and they've got to crush the bikes. It's not down to the people to sort this out, it's down to the police. Did you hear me talking about Bernie Eccleston earlier on? You might have missed it. Uh, I did briefly, yes. Okay, yes. so this is... Uh, let me just read this again. This is in the mirror. And I, I, I've tried not to be judgmental, but having seen this happen to my mum, I kind of... I, you know, I understand why people do this, but I, I, I don't think particularly highly of them. Formula One chief Bernie Eccleston has not been able to bring himself to visit Michael Schumacher since his horrific skiing accident. Mm. The 84-year-old said... I don't want to see Michael like that. I remember Michael as he was. That's how I want to see Michael. If he comes back, that's how I want Michael to be. Well, he won't come back, mate. You know, he's, he's um, being looked after by a team of uh, nurses around the clock because he is... Well, we, we don't know exactly how he was, but he is in uh, he is very, very damaged goods. Yeah. Bernie, you're a billionaire. Go around and see it. Pop round for an hour and have a cup of coffee with him and his missus. Do you know what? I, 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 I've yeah, seen this happen yeah. to my mum. So many of my mum's friends <laughs> and some of her family uh, dropped by the wayside when she got ill and as she got iller. And I, I kind of understand why they're doing it. 
but I do think it's I think it's out of order. I well, think I you have think... to put these things to one side and, and and just get on with it. I just think you know Bernie saying those things. I think ugh, listening to that. That for me is not a good human being, you know. Regardless Gosh. of no, regardless of if somebody's fit and healthy or if they're unwell, surely yeah. you should never change. If 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 that person is your friend, you should be always there to support them, whether they're healthy or whether they're ill. Surely, I, I don't know about them in, in being a bad human being. I don't think it's that, and I kind of don't want to because th- th- there well, all, he is. Well, by it, saying that he is. Well, in your opinion, he's flawed. But, I'm, but we I'm, all have that tendency, I think. I'm hoping that we will get someone calling up who has done that, who has. Has um, uh, stepped by the wayside as some, you know, someone's situation has changed, mm, mm. Uh, and they've gone. Ah, do you know, what? I can't see him like that anymore. All right, to give you a scenario, let's just say this morning. Oh gosh, okay, here we go, yes. Please, God, you know, touch with this doesn't happen. But yeah. um, let's just say this morning, I'm out reporting, yeah. and uh, I get run over, and I'm in a, a serious condition in hospital, yeah. and I'm not the person that I was clearly before the accident. Yes. Would you not come and see me? Because, oh, yeah, but you see, he's, he's not oh, going to no. be full of the banter. He's not going to be he's the J-Dog. Well, no, of course you can't see me. Because I'll tell you what, if he's not full of the banter, I'd go and see you more. You're a decent person. Deep down, you're a decent person. That's why you would come and see me. Bernie Eccleston, what is he saying? That's totally out of order. OK, let's let's take it to the street. But I'm, can I just ask, just, let's just tread a little bit gently. Because I yeah. don't want... I, I really hope we can get someone to call in that, that has done this and they can explain to it, explain to us... Yeah. Why they stopped going to visit a friend or a family member uh, who was poorly? Yeah, but I think uh, Bernie Eccleston, with, with all his money, all his wealth, you know, lives that showbiz lifestyle. He's not in the real world, so I don't think you can compare that to people this morning who may phone you because there will be different stories. Okay. Justin, speak to you later on. Take care. Ta ta. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. You can text as well. Eight one triple three. Start your text. Three CR. I know it's not working through BBC iPlayer. Loads of people. It's not working through BBC iPlayer. I know it's not. Um, uh, we're going to go downstairs and turn it off and turn it on again and see if we can make it work. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25, there are long delays from Junction 19 for Watford to 16 for the M40 because of an accident earlier. On the M40 out of London, there are queues from the Swakeley's roundabout towards the M25. And on the M1, it's busy southbound from Junction 11 for Dunstable to 9 for Redbourne. And it's also looking busy now on the A5 southbound approaching Junction 9 for Redbourne. In the Incheston on the A10 Great Cambridge Road, that's very slow on the speed sensors between Church Lane and the M25, Junction 25 for Enfield. There are reports of any problems on the trains but there are on the underground the Bakerloo line is suspended between Harrow and Wilston and Queen's Park that's because of a signal failure Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio Sammy, thank you very much 08459 double five five is the telephone number just go back to that Jilly Cooper has anyone ever actually read a Jilly Cooper book? there's controversy because the cover's um, not quite as sexy as it was but I mean... She sold millions of books. I just can't understand why anybody would want to read one. What's in a Jilly Cooper that you can't get anywhere else? Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30. I'm Simon Oxley. Residents in Houghton Regis have again contacted this programme to say the problem of nuisance motorbikes in the town has still not been solved. Former top FIFA official Chuck Blazer has admitted accepting bribes over the choice of South Africa as 2010 World Cup host. And five police officers accused of gross misconduct will have their cases heard today following the death of Habibullah in High Wycombe in 2008. 
Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Andy Murray is through to the French Open semi-finals after beating David Ferrer in four sets. Murray will play Novak Djokovic in the last four after he beat Rafael Nadal in straight sets. The matches that I played in, in Madrid and, and some of the tennis I've played here is obviously the, the best I've played on, on clay. I haven't had results like this before on the surface and you know, never won against David before. I'd never won against Rafa before. You know, never beaten Nishikori before or Ryanic and these guys. So there's been a lot of firsts for me. So that's that's positive. And yeah, I mean, I take the confidence of the last few weeks into the match against Novak on on Friday. The double Olympic champion Mo Farah has been urged to sever his links with his coach in the light of allegations that Alberto Salazar has violated anti-doping rules. An investigation by the BBC has uncovered claims that Salazar supplied the 10,000 metres silver medalist Galen Rupp with testosterone back in 2002. Both men strongly deny any wrongdoing. There's no suggestion that Mo Farah broke any rules, but former top British distance runner Joe Pavey thinks he should move on. As an athlete, you don't want to associate yourself with people that have got accusations and allegations against them. I mean, I'm not here to accuse anyone. You know, I don't know about the research that's been found out and everything, but all I'd say is if there was anybody that I was slightly associated with that I suddenly realised had these accusations against them or, you know, any of my training partners, I'd run a mile. In football, the former England manager Steve McLaren will be named as Newcastle head coach next week. McLaren was sacked by Championship side Derby last month after they missed out on promotion and transfer listed Luton striker Ross Lafayette is joining conference side Eastleigh. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at eight. Morning, Dennis. Where are you? Sorry, where are you? I'm in Dunstable. You're on, no, you're on Fader 2 as well. Yes, Dennis. Now then, Eccleston. Yes. He must be a right fairy. Well, hang on a minute. Why, whoa, 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 steady on. Some old boy like he is can't go and see somebody who's ill. Is, is it because it's getting too near his time as well and he's frightened? Well, it might be. You know, I just don't understand the man. I mean, 
I'm near the dumb side closer than he is, and I'd go and see people who are ill. So what? Well, I, th- it's an interesting one, because everybody... And I don't want to get too personal. I don't want to make this kind of nasty about Bernie Eccleston, no, no. because there will be people who've... Gonna, Dennis, stay there. Peter? Hello. You can understand why, why Bernie's uncomfortable, can you? Absolutely. T- tell, tell, explain to Dennis. Well, over the years, when you lose relatives, friends, wives, whatever, you some people tend to get traumatised. And if you continue to do... In fact, I've got an instance for myself. Go on. When I went to a funeral of my one of my best friends, yep. I went to the funeral, I was really upset in the funeral. When you go outside to commiserate with his daughters who are in their 50s, I burst into tears and I, I brought them into tears. So you get traumatised. So he probably wants to b- remember the guy he is. And you've got to remember, quite often when you see him with his group of helpers, whatever you, they are, they actually direct him quite often, so he's getting very, very old, really. Well, he's... Uh, Bernie Eccleston? Yeah. Well, he's 84. Yeah, but... But you, but you, Peter, you went to... I mean, going to the funeral, I think, is slightly different than going to see somebody who is, uh, you know, was, was a healthy, vibrant man who, from what, what little we've heard, um, is, is very dependent now on other people to do a lot of basics for him. But, yeah, but a lot of, pe- a lot of people, when they're... Uh, uh, start to get a bit traumatised. They really want to stay away from him. I, I, I know a man who, who really won't go to any funerals. Well, he'll go to one eventually. <laughs> well, yeah, he'll, he'll have no right. choice, will he? But, uh, but he, even having said that, you do get traumatised over the years. I, I'm in that. I'm in that category myself now. But Peter, supposing you've been in like a really bad car accident, right? Heaven yeah. forfend. And um, you know, you 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 were you were damaged goods. You're in a wheelchair. You were dependent on other people to feed you and stuff. You'd expect. Oh, okay. Is it right to expect your friends and family to come and visit you, or would you understand if one of them said, "You know what? I don't want to go and see Peter like that." Well, yes, I would understand it. And you'd be all right with that. I know it's Absolute, an impossible. Absolutely, because to... really and truly. It's, first of all, it's people's choice, but then again, quite often, it affects some people much, much more than others. And that's it, isn't it, Dennis? We, we, we don't know. This is why I don't want to make it a nasty attack on, on Bernie Eccleston particularly, because that's, that's the easy thing to do, but we don't know his exact reasons, do we, Dennis? No, but I'll tell you what, I should be hurt if people wouldn't come to me. Yeah. When I'm kicking the bucket, say goodbye. Mm. I'll, 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 be, I'll be there to wave you off. To, I'll be I there know, to push you I over know, the edge of the no, cliff, Dennis, honestly, if it speeds things up. I can't understand anybody who... Uh, I'm sorry, I'm, I can't be that hard. But why, but why should do, you really do that? Because sometimes people come away from people who don't even recognise them in absolute buckets of tears. Well, I had a friend of 50 years, and when he went, I went to see him. I would have been very upset if I couldn't have gone to see him. I honestly would. I wanted to say goodbye to him. And he didn't know me. He was in a state, but I, ha- I took his hand and he squeezed it. But some people, some people can't can't put up with that. Really and I guess can't. the thing, I'm just, Dennis Peter, thank you very much indeed. I guess the thing I want to get to today is to understand why some people can't. And this is why I don't, I'm not. Listen, if you have. Um, uh, if a friend of yours, a relative of yours, got ill, maybe it was dementia, it was a physical thing, or whatever, and you stopped going to see them, I'm not going to have a go at you, OK? Uh, it would be too easy to do that, and kind of not what I like to do. I'd like to know why 
I'd like to know why you decided not to go and see them. So if you've been in that situation, could you give me a call? I'm not going to tear you apart. We don't really do that here. Well, we do sometimes, but not about this. 08459 455 555. Why did you stop uh, going to see that friend or relative? What was it about the change in them, physically or mentally, that was... um, that was too much for you, that, that, that made you stop. Let's try and understand it as opposed to having a pop. 08459 455 555. You can text if you'd rather. 81333. Start your text 3CR. Let's go to Darren. Morning, Darren. Yeah, Ian, good morning to you. What have you got for us, boss? Well, uh, first of all, love the show. Fantastic. Best one in three counties. And I'm not saying it because I'm speaking. That's from my heart, mate. It's brilliant. May, may, God, may God bless you and all of your family, well, Darren. Thank you. Well, it's, it's good. Um, it really is. The, the, the reason I phoned in is uh, it's not about how someone looks on the outside and whether they're dribbling or, or anything else. It's about what's in the heart and what's in the head, mate. And that's, that's the thing about it. And this is what, what gets me. I think it's a bit, bit of a shallow view to say I, I want to remember them how they were. Uh, you, go, you don't go for yourself. You go for them. You go. You go and support them. You go. If they're in a hospital or wherever they are, like Michael Schumacher, you, you go and support them because it, 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 I think it's, otherwise it's shallow. Shallow. Views. What if? What if? And I don't know if this is the case with Schumacher, but just indulge me a second, Darren. What if that person mentally isn't there? Uh, well, how do you know how much? I, I take your point, but how do you know how much how much they, they are aware and how much they're not? And there may well be a little, small, little part, and just a very small, little part that actually knows you're there or knows something. And I think for that reason, I, I would go along. I would go along because do you know something? Um, years ago, one of my family actually was in uh, in hospital, and I didn't realise how ill they were, and they're actually dying. And uh, I I was too busy to go and see them, and I regret that for the rest of my life. So you know, um, it's, uh, and they, they 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 passed away. So, did um, you know at the time that they were dying that, that uh, it was I, limited? Well, I, I knew they weren't well, but I didn't realise actually that that, uh, that was a, that was the last opportunity to go and, and go and support them. And I, I was young at the time, and I've learned a lot since then. You know, so uh, I actually I actually think that. Um, Make, make the time, don't see them. Were you, um, you, you make some excellent points, and I'll go back to some mm. in a minute, but just, just specific on that, were you avoiding them because you didn't want to see them ill? No, Or you just, you just thought, oh, it's, you know, it's, it's Steve, he'll, he'll, be, he'll be out in a few weeks, I'll, I'll catch up with him then. Uh, no, not not because they were. Uh, they, I, I didn't want to see the meal at all. It, it, it was. I didn't realise that that was that was that was you know, the end. As it were, or, yeah. or pretty much the end. And I how did that make you that. feel when when they did pass on and you got the text or the phone call or whatever it was saying, well, you've, he, he's gone. How, how did you well, feel? Well, you know, you can't you can't change things that are done, can you? And 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 you can you know you can live life with regret, but but uh, I, I I just I think it changes things because when. When when it comes to it, you, you need to uh, you need to be there. You need to be there. If someone's ill, someone someone needs you. You know, not not necessarily physically. They might, they might need to support mentally or, or just you to be there. And I think I think uh, I think it's important. You should take the opportunity because you, you never know. You know what's going to happen. I, I, so I think it's a shallow view if mm. you don't if you don't go and spend some time with someone. It's not about going there for you. It's going there for them, and that's the important thing. That's why I think Bernie should. Or anybody in that situation, not particularly Bernie particularly, but but there, having said that, and in balance, I think you, you know we all learn different lessons in life, and yeah. maybe he's had different experiences if we're talking about Bernie. So you have to you have to do your own thing. But in my opinion, I I would go for them. Uh, Darren, thank you. I think also, thank you, Darren. I think also you're going for the family as well. 
Because, you know, the family that, that are there, that do stick around, it's hard work. It's hard work. And it's nice to go, oh, Darren popped along to see Mum the other day. And I, he, he could only stay for an hour, but it was really nice. It's, it, but then should we be doing stuff like that for other people? 08459 555555. Snuffers is on the line. Morning, Snuffers. Morning, how are you? Yeah, I'm all right, thank you. I, I, I find this fascinating, having it, uh, witnessed it around my mum. I find it fascinating. And if anyone phones up and says, you know, oh, I stopped going and see mum or I stopped going and see my friend Steve because they were ill, I'm not going to have a pop at them. I just want to know why. What happened to you, Snuffers? Um, so it's, it's actually still it's still quite quite recent, to be honest. Um, my, uh, beginning of February, my... Um, my dad was um, diagnosed with a terminal lung condition, um, and um, he's still with us. But basically, in the in the three months between start of February and the start of May, it all deteriorated very, very quickly. And um, he's still at home, but he's he's wheelchair bound, um, oxygen kind of twenty four seven, and kind of given a very, very short prognosis. To be honest, probably somewhere around six nine months. I'm um, sorry to hear that. Yeah, thanks. Um, and um, and it's just it's it's fascinating seeing how his social life and how his friends have just dried up. Um, it, it, he had people that would come and see him every week, and they would come and see him regularly um, when he was fitting well. And now it's a case of, well, I don't know if I can make it this week, and I don't think I can come around this week. And it, it, it never it was never an issue before. And it, it, we're also finding it as well that that. He will. He's still able to get around. My mum doesn't work, so she's now registered as his carer. So she'll take him around in the wheelchair. She'll take him to super, like shopping centres, and he'll say to people, "Look, I'll come and meet you." Mm. Like, but it's the it's the oxygen up the nose. It's the it's the wheelchair. It's the fact that he can't really. If he coughs, if he coughs, because that's the problem. It's the it's the fibrosis in his chest yeah. that is making him cough, and it's destroying his lungs. And when he coughs, he's trying to get oxygen so much that actually he will have kind of a, a fit or a little convulsion. It's not long, it's about 10 seconds, but then he'll just sit there and he'll just sit there trying to get his breath back. And it's it's incredible that that that, that is just the, the reactions that people have to that. And I partly understand that. I think if you haven't had experience of it before and actually someone someone does kind of have a little fit or or something. I remember the first time that it happened in front of me a couple of weeks ago and you just, it does kind of take you back a little oh, bit. It, it then... can, it's frightening, it's upsetting, it's 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 loads of things, isn't it? But it's, but, but, go on. But then out, out of that, what, what I can't understand is I can understand that that makes you feel uncomfortable, but then the aftermath of that little fit of convulsion is just utter vulnerability. Mm. Like he, he can't, he can't, Speak. He can't get his breath back. He can't do anything. And I just, I, it really just, I just think, I, I don't know how you can then feel that the best thing to do is then not to see him because that makes you feel awkward. Like Stuff is listening. I've got to move on. Uh, l- keep listening because I'm, I'm hoping that we can tempt someone to come on and explain the other side of it as to why they do find that uncomfortable and why they do want to avoid people uh, I'm really sorry about your dad mate uh, you know fingers crossed it goes as well as it can thank you mate thank you oh dear 08459 555 let's get the travel 
Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25, there are long delays anti-clockwise from Junction 19 for Watford to 16 for the M40. On the M40 out of London, it's looking very busy from the Swakeley's roundabout towards the M25 and it's slow on the M1 southbound from Junction 11 for Dunstable to 9 for Redbourne. It's also busy on the A5 in both directions at Leighton Road and in Bricketwood on the North Orbital Road. That's very slow at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. On the train departure boards, there are no major delays and now on the London Underground, the Bakerloo line was suspended but a normal service is running again between Harrow and Wilston and Queen's Park after the signal failure has been fixed. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sammy, thank you very much indeed. But it might be a little bit of a bumpy ride this morning. It's quite a tough one. We're t- well, don't, well, don't trust me. Trust me, I'll inject some complete and utter nonsense in it at some point. Don't worry. 7.47 or thereabouts, it's Thursday the 4th of June. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Residents in Houghton Regis have again contacted this programme to say the problem of nuisance motorbikes in the town has still not been solved. Former top FIFA official Chuck Blazer has admitted accepting bribes over the choice of South Africa as 2010 World Cup host. And five police officers accused of gross misconduct will have their cases heard today following the death of Habib Ullah in High Wycombe in 2008. 08459 455555. The phones are going mental. If it, if it keeps ringing, do try keep trying because you will get through eventually. Let's get the weather. Here's Elizabeth. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, very good morning to you. It's going to be a gorgeous day today. Lots of sunshine around, staying dry and some really quite high temperatures as well. We're probably looking at 22 or 23 Celsius today. That's uh, 73 in Fahrenheit, just a light wind and a bit of wispy cirrus cloud, but not really very much at all. Lots of sunshine. Overnight tonight, staying dry, very mild, lows of 13 or 14 degrees. Tomorrow we've got a weather warning out for the risk of some thunderstorms lasting from the early morning period right the way through into the evening. So it is something to watch out for. We could get some heavy downpours and quite a lot of lightning expected too. Um, But still some sunny Lots of hot and humid air. Temperatures widely up to 25, even 26 Celsius. Some spots could even get up to 28 degrees. So I think there will be some complaints about the heat tomorrow. Um, but, uh, but as I said, the risk of some thunderstorms. So a bit of Russian roulette, weather bingo with those thunderstorms. And then um, that will they will die away through the course of the evening. We've got a cold front going through on Saturday morning. It's a very weak front. It won't give us any rain at all, but it will bring us some fresher air. So over the weekend, we're probably looking at Temperatures of 20, 21 degrees, looking dry on Saturday and on Sunday, just a light breeze and plenty of sunshine too. That's the forecast. Thank you, Elizabeth. Every weekday from three, local stories. People in Watford are being urged to celebrate their local heroes by creating a postcard in their honour. In other local news, rugby fans are being warned to watch out for fake World Cup tickets. Roberto Peroni. Now, a metal detectorist has discovered an archaeological find in a field near Royston in Hertfordshire. Taxi drivers in Luton are demanding to be allowed to drive in bus lanes at all times. There is to be a new station at the Leighton Buzzard Narrow Gauge Railway. Roberto Peroni. Weekdays from three on BBC. Three Counties Radio. Call 08459 We'll come back to Bernie Eccleston in a second. I just want to talk about Jilly Cooper. I can't under... I've never understood, Catherine, 
Jilly Cooper, it's kind, it, it's it's sort of Fifty Shades of Grey before Fifty Shades of Grey. It's like an eighties tamer version it's of it. It's kind of cheeky. It's posh people horsing around. Doing what? Horsing around. Okay. And it's yeah. She's very one tame of, by today's standards. She's one of the um, biggest selling authors of all time, isn't she? And do you know what as well? She's really delightful. She's a really Oh, I bet she's I mean she became a bit of a joke. She's a bit bit horsey, isn't she? Oh, yeah. oh, 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 oh. But um uh, d- uh, yeah, I, b- I bet she's absolutely wonderful and lovely. I interviewed her once and she sent me a letter. I interviewed her once about love letters and she sent me a letter afterwards. A raunchy letter? No, just a really nice note. Well, I'm sure she's delightful. I just, I mean, I've never... If you've read a Jilly Cooper... I've read half of one. That shows you how good it was. <laughs> I, I was waiting for the saucy bit. Is it like... Um, well, I'm going to say is it like something that I've also never read? Uh, 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 Jackie Collins. I've never read those. Because that is Phil. Matt, Matt, have you ever read a Jackie Collins? No. Oh, I might have read a couple of pages of Jackie Collins. Yeah, yeah, the, the ones with the creases in. It's, it's that thing at school, isn't it? The, which which uh, the books have got swearing in? Which pages do they fall open on? We'll just read that. There was one called Forever by Judy Bloom that got Judy passed Bloom. around all the girls, and you could only get it if you were in the year above us. And one of the one of the game girls in the year above got it out for us, and we we all spread it around. What are those novels called? They're a bit filthy. Uh, mucky books. Is it mucky books? Is yeah. Razzle readers' wives. No, no. I just noticed my socks are on back to front. Oh, for crying out loud. Can I, ma- can I make a quick public service announcement? Yeah, go on. Or rather, me service announcement. Lee in Hartford, <laughs> yes. can you give us a call back? Because that number doesn't work. Lee, and plum. June, can you get off the phone, please? I'm trying to ring June! Me. June! Uh, if you've ever... Um, well, let's go to Scott and then we'll do some texts. If you've ever read a Jilly Cooper... Pourquoi? That's French for why. You probably wouldn't know that if you've actually read a Jilly Cooper. Mais moi, je parle français, alors je connais. Was that the chair, Matt? No. Oh, that's uncomfortable. I don't. I just don't understand. I don't understand. Um, I don't understand why you'd read a sexually thrilling book. Women. That's what women like. Well, go and have some sexual thrills. No. Well, look. Men like pictures. Women like words. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That. You feel very naughty if you're reading a book like that. You feel very naughty. Well, do you, Matt? Tell yeah, me about yeah, it. Yeah. Well, no, I've only read I only read a few pages of a book once, and I felt very naughty. <laughs> <laughs> what, in your entire life? Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Did, he didn't inhale. <laughs> uh, it's, it's quite exciting. It's like, should I be reading this? Or Which book was hide. it? Was it Fifty Shades? What? Oh, yeah, Fifty Shades. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, Catherine, can you do us a favour? We need, we need a little oh, bit of light. The light is going to be, can you find a little bit of text from Fifty Shades, a mucky bit, and get Matt to read it for us? Oh, really? Yes, Ooh. please. Let's get Matt to... Look at that. His, his face is lit up. Uh, Fifty yeah. Shades of Beige? <laughs> <laughs> Fifty Shades of Gravy. Again, <laughs> see if you can find it. Make sure it's it's broadcastable, and uh, we'll get him to read some of that later on. That'll, there we go. That'll make the podcast. Uh, we're talking about the story that's in the uh, some of the papers today, Bernie Eccleston has said, well, do you know what? I'm not going to go and see um, uh, Michael Schumacher. Apparently they were they were kind of quite close-ish. I mean, I don't know how close they were. They used to play backgammon together. What does that imply? Um, it doesn't want to see him because of the accident. It doesn't want to remember him like that. Now, listen, uh, uh, on this show, we, we don't tend to judge... We do judge from time to time, but we're not going to tell you a new one or bully you or shame you uh, if you chose not to go and see a relative or a friend because they were poorly. I would love to know why. I'd love to know why. Not going to have a pop at you, but I want to know why. 08459 455 555. Scott's in London. Good morning, Scott. Morning, Ian. Scott, what's your story? Uh, well, my mum died about three or four years ago, and the last three or four weeks of her life, she was in a hospice. 
she had uh, ovarian cancer and complications. So the last three or four, three or four weeks, she was in a lot of pain and yeah. a lot of medication. She was in a bad way. Uh, so there's me and my brother. Uh, I went to see her every day, and he never went to see her. And I can completely understand why he didn't. And to be honest, I'm not sure he's, he was wrong. Uh, Do you regret? Are you say, if I got this wrong, Scott, tell me. Are you saying you regret seeing your mum like that? I don't know. Well, no, because one of us had to be there. But it means that now, when I look back on my mum, as well as all the good times, I have that last three or four weeks, which were absolutely horrific. Whereas Al- Alistair, my brother, he doesn't. All he has is good memories of my mum, and I can totally understand people that don't go. And I would never advise somebody, uh, I would never say to somebody, you have to go. I would say it's, I would, I would say, think about it carefully because. Do you resent your brother, Scott, for, um, you say someone had to go. Well, if you'd have shared it, you would have had to have gone half the amount of time that you went. Do you resent him for kind of leaving that, and I'm going to say burden, I don't mean it as an insult, leaving that burden on you? Uh, not, I don't, well, no, not really. I mean, uh, there was, I lived closer than he did and uh, it was more convenient yeah. for me. I, 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 it annoys me that she did want to see him when she was a bit lucid and that she wasn't on so much painkillers. She mm. did ask where he was and I would make excuses. So I think that was a bit... That's a lot on your shoulders to make it, for, for you to have to make excuses for your brother. That must have been uh, um, uncomfortable. Uh, well, yeah, but I mean, I knew that she didn't have long to go and I knew that most of the time she didn't really know what was going on she was in so much yeah. killer so uh, you know it, it's just it's it, it just means that I'm always left with that last there was you know things I saw and things she said when she was kind of you know, off her face and yeah. Oh, listen, my my dad died a couple of years ago, of cancer, yeah. and he was off. He was out of it on morphine, uh, and uh, you know, the, the, he was a he was a big man when he was when he was well. And you know, I went and saw him a couple of days, maybe three or four days before he died, and I saw a really thin, pathetic, naked man mm. under a sheet, just just shivering, and you know, because of the drugs yeah. and and talking nonsense, and. Um, you know, I didn't see a lot of my dad for a lot of my life, and so that's you know a lot of it's taken up with him looking ill, and yeah. Uh, it's yeah, yeah, it's it's not a particularly nice picture to carry around, is it? No, it's not, and I think if you do it, I, I think you're doing it for the person who's ill, mm. because uh, I, I don't think it does. And you don't anything. we owe that? Don't we? Uh, here's something. All right, with parents, don't we owe that to our parents? Because our parents wiped our bums and and bandaged us up, and you know whether they look. It's that kind of sad circle of life. The parents look after the kids when they're young, and then that role kind of reverses, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. And it's it's yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You are doing it for them. I don't think you particularly get anything out of it, except sort of bad memories. But. It, 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 it does do something for the person who's ill, and I think that's right. You do it for them. Scott, I really appreciate your call, mate. Thank no you. Problem. Thank yes. you very much indeed. Boom. There you go. There you go. It is, um, yeah, it's, it, it's, oh dear, that's, that call's uh, hit me quite hard. Thank you, Scott. That was good. Um, it's tough, isn't it, if, if the person is saying, well, where's, where's your brother? I really want to see your brother. I, uh, you know, he's he's got he's got work on. He can't, he's, you know, he's got, his kids aren't very well, you know. it's um, That's a lot of responsibility to, to take on board for somebody. The thing is, is people deal with it in their own way, don't yeah, they? Yeah, and yeah, you, yeah. Can't ju- you can't judge people at that time. They've just got to do what they feel. But 
Well, do you know what? I think I think you can judge people, rightly or wrongly. I think it's kind of a natural instinct for a lot of people to to judge and do the knee-jerk, all oh, that act, cheeky, lazy... But sometimes get. people act nuts. You know, some, yeah, sometimes yeah. people can't leave, and that's another extreme, isn't it? I, and I, I think there is a difference as well, a fine difference, between, no, actually quite a big difference, between someone who's in the last few weeks of their life and someone who is going to be severely physically or mentally yeah. impacted for years to come, which so. is the situation with Michael Schumacher. Because yeah. you got you got three weeks, he was the end of life. I, I, can, I can understand more not going to see that person I, I, I can understand more not seeing that person than the person who's going to be um, severely disabled physically or mentally and, um, you know, is a, a shell of what they were. Do you know what? I can completely understand the reflex yep. of, no, I can't go, and you make an excuse and you'll say, I don't want to see them like that, I won't do them any good, yep. they're close to family, I'll be in the way, all that stuff, you tell yourself. Because I've done it, yep. I've done it. But thankfully, I had friends who would who convinced me that actually I should just get over myself. And it's go. hard work, this conversation, isn't it? It's hitting us both a bit. Yeah. And but, that as well. We've but all been I don't there. regret going. No, no, no. We've all we've all been there. You know, the three of us. We've all lost somebody fairly recently. Um, oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25, there are long delays anti-clockwise between Junction 16 for the M40 and 19 for Watford. That's because of an accident earlier, although all the lanes are open again, but it's still very slow. On the M40 out of London, it's very busy from the Swakeley's roundabout towards the M25. And on the M1, it's busy southbound from Junction 11 for Dunstable to 9 for Redbourne. It's also busy in Hockcliffe on the A5 in both directions at Leighton Road. And on the A6 in Clophill, it's very slow on all the approaches to the roundabout at Clophill at the A507. On the trains, there's no reports of any delays, uh, but there are minor delays on the London Underground. The Bakerloo line has minor delays between Harrow and Wilston and Queen's Park. Yeah, screw those losers, Sammy. Screw those (laughs) losers on the tube. There's always a delay. Serves them right for working in London, doesn't it? But they're going to be stuck underground, and that's not very nice, Good, good. So it serves them right for having big grown-up jobs in that there London. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8 o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, nuisance motorbikes still a problem in Houghton Regis. Police officers face hearing over death of High Wycombe man and Milton Keynes man's fundraising page closed down. BBC Three Counties Radio. Residents in Houghton Regis say the problem of nuisance motorbikes in the town has still not been solved. That's despite a police crackdown which included specialist officers on off-road bikes. Bedfordshire Police Commissioner Ollie Martin says they can't focus on the problem every day. Several residents including Jamie and Sam, have contacted BBC Three Counties to again voice their concerns. I mean, I appreciate they're really short on resources, but they use the same rat runs. It's the same time every day. They're so loud, you you don't have to be a genius to figure out where they are. The bikers aren't stupid. They know they're going to be there for at least an hour before the police can come out. So they hang around and they nip off for half an hour and then they come back. And on a, on a lovely sunny day, I can be calling the police 12 times. Five Thames Valley police officers accused of gross misconduct will have their cases heard today. They relate to the death of Habibullah in High Wycombe who died while being arrested. More from Carol Abercrombie. 39-year-old Habib Ullah died in July 2008 following a drug search by the police. Last year, an investigation found that although the officers involved should not be criminally prosecuted, there was a case of gross misconduct to answer. In February this year, an inquest was told that
that Mr Uller died while trying to conceal the drugs in his throat and recorded a verdict of death by misadventure. Documents released by the US Justice Department show a former senior FIFA official giving a detailed account in 2013 of corruption and bribery within the organisation. Chuck Blazer admitted that he and others on FIFA's executive committee accepted bribes in connection with the choice of South Africa to host the World Cup in 2010 and helped to arrange bribes relating to the 1998 tournament. Downing Street is to make a fresh appeal to the Independent Parliamentary Standards Authority to abandon plans for a 10% pay rise for MPs. David Cameron has come under, come under mounting pressure to reject the proposal after a number of senior politicians said they would refuse the money and give it to charity instead. A Milton Keynes man who asked the public to help him pay for a trip to Dignitas to end his own life has had his plans thwarted. The online company Roger Bailey was using to raise the funds has pulled out over fears they may be breaking the law by assisting suicide. More from Tony Fisher. Crowdfunder told the 66-year-old that based on their latest legal advice, they couldn't let his project continue. They said they'd been instructed the backers are at risk of breaking the current law and assisting suicide, and that Crowdfunder itself may also be at risk of breaking the law. Crowdfunder apologised they couldn't let the project fund on the website. In sport, Andy Murray is through to the French Open semi-finals after beating David Ferrer in four sets. He'll play Novak Djokovic in the last four. The weather, dry, warm and sunny, a maximum temperature today, 20 23 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties well 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 I've just written something with caps lock on and I pressed shift where I wanted capital so that's made it in lowercase it looks like the ramblings of a lunatic so funny uh, morning guys Ian Lee BBC three counties radio uh, it's, a, it's a tough old morning a tough old morning and I appreciate your um your patience and uh, your indulgence. So, we're talking about motorbikes in Houghton Regis. Talking about the... Well, we've used the Bernie Eccleston story as, as kind of a springboard. Bernie Eccleston says he doesn't want to go and see Michael Schumacher. And, do you know what? I think we're beyond the is he right, is he wrong? Because it's there's not an answer for that. There isn't a it's the right thing, it's the wrong thing to do. I, I guess I want to kind of understand why... Why wouldn't he want to? Why did you, dear listener, not go and see your nan when she was poorly? Or your best mate after he'd been involved in a serious car crash? Or... No judgement on this show about this. We're not going to tear you a new one. I just want to know why. I've witnessed it myself around my mum when she got poorly. Her friends dropped by the wayside. There are one or two that still go and visit her, but very quickly, very quickly, they stopped... Yeah, I've been through the anger, I've been through the resentment. Now I kind of just think, Phew, well, that's, you know... I'd love to know why. We've had some cracking calls already. I'm sure we'll get some more. 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Also, also, have you ever read a Jilly Cooper? I don't really know what a... Is a Jilly Cooper sexy? We have sent Matt Lockwood off. A, to make coffee, Matt. And B, he's going to read some uh, erotic literature for us later on. <laughs> I know, I know. Isn't it outrageous? That's what we're doing. 08459 455 555. We'll do some texts in a bit as well. Uh, now, we've been hearing this morning from people in House and Regis who say the problem of... new. By the way, the phones are going mental, so uh, it, 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 if it keeps ringing, keep trying. Someone will answer your call eventually. 
Uh, we've been hearing this morning from people in Houghton Regis who say the problem of nuisance bikers is getting worse. This is despite the efforts of the police earlier this year to try and crack down on the problem. Chief Inspector Gavin hughes Rowlands is overseeing uh, the uh, operation. Morning, Gavin. Good morning, Ian. There doesn't seem to be anything you can do, does there? I'm not saying that as a criticism. I'm kind of saying that as a... You can't win this, can you? Well, we're we're trying our level best to win it, Ian. It it is a a long game that we're having to play. As I mentioned to you before when I've I've been on your show, this this happens a lot um, every year. It's something that, um, that I think... We need to educate people to, to, to get to the, the cause and the root of the problem. Yes, there's an important part for the police to play in enforcement and targeting particular individuals will have an effect and you know, eventually it will reduce the numbers. But there's also a big part for the communities to play here as well in you know, getting behind themselves and, uh, and making, making a noise to try and stop this behaviour. What, what, what noise can they make? Because they are making... We spoke to one woman who, who phoned the police up three times yesterday. She's phoned them 12 times in the past. What, what other noise can they make? Well, I, th- I think about um, you know, the social responsibility issues. Yes, the police have a part to play and yes, we want the public Because they're to breaking win. the law, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, but there's a wider social issue here within the environment, within Houghton Regis as a community to say, look, you know, this is an unacceptable behaviour. Uh, and eventually the message will get across to parents who are Mate, funding the purchase of bikes. And Kevin, it's like been that. going on for years, though, years and years. And the people have been saying for years and years we don't want it and no one's listening. Yeah, well, we are listening. It has been going on for a long time and it's not, uh, it's not unique to, to Houghton Regis. But there are places all over the country that have, have these problems, Ian. And, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I must admit, I don't know the root cause of it. It seems to be a, a, a social issue. The, these particular times that young people seem to be using this as an avenue, um, it, they don't realise the frustration it's causing. We are working with schools to try and educate them at an early age, uh, and there are things uh, going on within the, the local community with partners to try and affect change as well. Are you suggesting that? Well, I, I'm, I'm a little bit confused about this social responsibility thing. Are you suggesting that people go out there and pull them off? No, 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 absolutely not. I would say no. Um, what I would say that from the policing perspective, we would like people to call us at the earliest so we can get resources They are, to the and area. they say that they're being ignored, Gavin. Yeah, I mean, we, we do get some people call us, but we also get other people complain through various different routes and actually don't call us at the time things are happening. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I can understand people's frustration, uh, and I can understand them complaining to people like local MPs and the council and, and through the police themselves, but please pick the phone up when things are happening, give us some descriptions, give us some registration numbers if but, you've got but, them. But, but Gavin, people are doing that, and I think that people are coming to us and they're going to MPs and councillors because they've been calling the police for ages, and... Um, very, very little gets done. Listen, I understand that the, the resources are stretched. Boy, I mean, we've got a copper that tweets us, and he's just sent us a tweet. Where was it? It was a little while ago. Um, uh, with regards to the Houghton Regis bikes, as Beds PCC stated, it's a single duvet on a double bed. We do our best, but we can't be everywhere. And I understand that. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, <sighs> I, don't, I, I just don't see what other option there is. They're breaking the law. They are breaking the law, and uh, we have several laws to try and police. And I, I think just to put it into perspective, really, Ian, that, um, yes, we've seen a slight increase in, in motorcycle nuisance offences this year compared to last year. Um, across the whole county of Bedfordshire, I think we're looking at about 50 um, 
further offences or reports, shall I say, of, of these instances. So I think when we're talking about the thousands of calls we get each day into Bedfordshire Police, we're not talking about a massive increase in the number of instances that this is happening. What we are talking about is perhaps a greater awareness within the communities this year. Uh, and people are talking about it, and I completely understand that, but I think there's a greater sensitivity this year. But also Bedfordshire Police can also say, certainly in central Bedfordshire, my area, we've reduced robbery, we've reduced burglary, we've reduced vehicle crime, uh, an awful lot of impactive offences we've been working hard to reduce. And unfortunately, you've already said it, mm. sometimes other things do increase. We can't grab everything all of the time, but we do our best to try and juggle dealing with everything. I don't envy you and your colleagues at all. You know, facing... I, 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 does, I do struggle to wonder how people expect the police to maintain the service they provide with the cuts that they've had and the cuts that you've got coming. So I don't envy you at all. Gavin, stay there one second. Jamie, Jamie you, uh, you, you're in Houghton Regis, aren't you? Yeah, I, I live um, around the area, and one of the things that has to—you said to call if this if we on the trail bikes appear, etc. I phoned one hundred and one, and if you phone one hundred and one, you're told there's nothing, but pretty much verbatim, there's nothing that can be done. But right. thanks for letting us wait. So if you're told there's nothing that can be done, you're not going to phone up a second time. Yeah. So you say it's cool, but if you call, you're told, well, actually, you're wasting your time. Don't worry about it. Well, if that's, the, if that's the response you're getting, I'm, I'm disappointed. And, and I will make sure that I speak to the manager of our control room yeah. with regards to that. because We've had a few people say that, Gavin. That's, look, Jamie's not a one-off. Yeah, well, that. leave that one with me, Ian. And, All right. and I'm disappointed that that response um, was given, and I hope that everybody that calls up doesn't get that. Jamie, do you understand the problem that the police are facing? They, they haven't got the resources to, to, to catch these little so-and-sos. Oh, no, I, I mean, I completely um, sympathise. I mean, it, it, uh, it's, they haven't got the resources, but at the same time, it does seem a relatively easy thing to catch when they're all in the same places. It's almost like you could say, right, OK, five o'clock on a Thursday, we know that all was here. Let's just send a, send a few guys down, collect them all up, and if you did that sort of once, two, twice a month, you sort of feel something would actually... Um, they would probably sort of quite quickly count the numbers there. There's no visible presence. Quite uh, before the budget cuts, there was quite a visible presence of the police helicopters out on bikes, and the, the problem did pretty much disappear. It, it was not like it is now. Um, so there, it, it definitely is related to the cuts they've, they've experienced. I think. Gavin. Yeah, well, I, I could answer that quite uh, quite simply. Operation Meteor, um, which was the operation that you're referring to, we've done a few of those events, and we will continue to do them. Yeah. Um, we we have gone to hot spots. We do keep an intelligence picture on where these where these bikes are. It's not quite as simple as going to a, a particular location, uh, and that was evidenced by the last op meeting that we had, where we didn't have the same successes as the first because there simply wasn't the people out and about on the bikes when we did the operation, uh, and that was at uh, an evening time where we would normally have expected them about. So it's quite a fluid problem. Yes, there are set places around around Houghton Regis and Dunstable that they're more prevalent but they're by no means guaranteed so it is a game for us to to try and um, second guess where they're going to be successful but also what we're what we're doing um, on the 22nd of June we're moving to a new policing model 
And what that will see will be um, more police officers working from Dunstable Police, Office, police Station, um, from our response team and from our community policing team. So our, our warranted officer footprint will be much larger around Dunstable and Houghton Regis from the 22nd of June, and I'm very hopeful that that's going to mm. have an impact on, on this particular sort of offending. It'll be interesting to see if that does have an effect. Gavin, I said before, I don't envy you lot, and uh, let's keep our fingers crossed, and I really appreciate you coming on to talk about this. Thank you very much. No problem, Ian. Thank, Thank you very you. much indeed. That's Chief Inspector Gavin Hughes- Rowlands. Jamie, thank you very much. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Right. Well, back to the uh, the the story that's been prompted by uh, Bernie Eccleston. He doesn't want to go and see Michael Schumacher. Have you ever been in that situation? A friend, a relative has been uh, poorly, has been ill, and you kind of decided not to go and see them. Lee's on the line. Good morning, Lee. Good morning. What would you like to say? Um, What I would like to say is that I, I join in the, the negative um, instances of people not wanting to meet their friends again that have found themselves ill. My husband has now been ill with uh, MS for, for 20 years. And yes, we have had friends that have dropped off and, and don't bother to come and see us anymore. However, we have some wonderful friends who do all sorts of things for us and family and mm. um, but what it is, it's actually offering support to the person who's caring as well. Mm. So even if your friend, if your friend has a, has a condition that they can't even acknowledge that you're visiting, the support that you can offer to somebody that's caring for someone who's ill is massive. I think that's really important. Yeah, we touched on that. In fact, I've got I've got a couple of my friends who've visited my mum more than some of her friends have visited her. She's got MS. She's in a care home with MS, and they've visited yeah. her more than than some of her own friends. And they're they're, they're doing it a because they like my mum, they get on with her, uh, but b because they know, I guess because they know it um it helps me in whatever way. Exactly. And what I would say to people who are reluctant to go and visit your friends or your member of your family, think about the other person that's involved as well and the support that you can offer to them. I have friends who bring, who bring meals round, who, who we go out with, we visit the, the theatre. We do lots of things with our friends, but it's not just the support to the person who has the condition or the illness. It's actually the support that you can give to the person who's caring as well. Lee, I appreciate your call. Thank you very much indeed. 08459 four double five five double five. It's 815. Let's get the Trav. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25 anti-clockwise, there are long delays from Junction 19 for Watford to 12 for the M3 after an accident. And the M25 anti-clockwise is slow from Junction 24 for Potters Bar to 23 for the A1M at South Mims. On the M1, it's busy southbound from Junction 11 for Dunstable to 9 for Redbourne. And in High Wycombe, on the A404, that's also got queues southbound from the M40 at Junction... Uh, the Handycross Roundabout Junction 4 and Marlow Road at the Bisham Roundabout. On the train departure boards, there are no major delays, but there are still problems on the London Underground. The Bakerloo line has minor delays between Harrow and Wildstone and Queen's Park. Samantha Brough, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. 
8.16. It's Thursday, the 4th of June. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Bedfordshire Police say the community must play a part in tackling nuisance motorbikes in Houghton Regis. Former top FIFA official Chuck Blazer has admitted accepting bribes over the choice of South Africa as 2010 World Cup host. And five police officers accused of gross misconduct will have their cases heard today following the death of Habib Ullah in High Wycombe in 2008. BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Stop chatting to my producer. You can, go on. You can finger that. Good boy. That's better. Sorry, sorry, Catherine. Just be careful how you phrase things. Like she said, I'm not your producer. There's a brilliant story of Mick Jagger and um, Keith Richards being really drunk in a hotel room, like three o'clock in the morning, and Jagger's off his face. Have you heard this story? He's off his face. And he phones up... um, Charlie Watts would never socialise with the rest of the Stones. He's the drummer. And so Mick Jagger phoned him up at three o'clock in the morning and said, Charlie, he woke him up, I want my drummer to come downstairs and party with me. So Charlie Watts got up, put on a suit, put on a three-piece suit, tie, polished his shoes, went downstairs, took about 45 minutes to get ready, went downstairs, smacked him in the face and said, I'm not your drummer. And then walked back upstairs. Beautiful. Boom shakalak. Wow. That's a nice haircut, nice nut cut. Oh, you didn't see it yesterday, did you? No. No, my usual... Um, you know, usually I go to uh, Ali my barber, Ali. Yes. Ali, when I went there this week, Ali wasn't there. Oh. So I had the one that didn't speak English. And it's actually quite hard to describe to someone who doesn't speak any English what you want. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Come over here, cut So I was trying to show number three. Yes. Three, number three. Ah, uh, three like, counties. Like, three county radio. What, why are you doing that accent? Don't do that accent. That's a foreign accent, isn't he it? Do, well, he doesn't sound like that. Oh, does he not? No. Well, you do his accent. No, I'm not. <laughs> don't try and lure me down that bar. Is it Jamaican? I can do that if you want. No, I don't want you no? to do okay. any Okay. So I'm saying, no, number three. No. And anyway, he did what he wanted. Yeah, and, they do. Uh, I'm left with this. Hairdressers often do. My um, boy goes to a proper old barber's um, uh, and gets it done. And they normally do, you know, they cut kids' hairs. And he he does a decent haircut. And I saw my son the other day and went, what the flipping heck has happened to your hair? He went, well, we we went and had it cut at such and such. And my my, my wife went, yeah, it wasn't the usual guy. And it was the most awful haircut. I'm so surprised my wife didn't say... That's rubbish. Can you do something with it, please? Because she's quite feisty. Have you just told a story that, in a roundabout way, suggests my haircut's rubbish? I think you have. What's on your show this morning, mate? Coming up on the big phone in this morning from nine, I'm going to be asking, does it really matter if children are a bit fat? Uh, I don't know if you've seen this front page of today's Daily Mail. The head of the NHS says the number of overweight children shows parents in this country are doing something terribly wrong. Simon Stevens says one in ten children are obese when they start primary school and one in five are obese by the time they leave. He wants giving children unhealthy food to be as socially unacceptable as smoking or driving without a seatbelt. Would you agree with him? Or do you think he's blowing the issue way out of proportion? The thing I've noticed, Ian, when I've done uh, programmes talking about childhood obesity Mm. in the past, I often hear from parents whose children are now grown up 
and they're slim, they're healthy, they're fit, they're athletic. And yet those parents have been honest and said, to be honest, when my when my daughter or my son was growing up, they were probably looking back at it a bit overweight. Yeah. But it doesn't matter because as children grow, they tend to lose that weight anyway. As children become adults, all that puppy fat just falls off. Mm. So I wonder, does it really matter if children are a bit fat? I'd love to hear from you from nine this morning. 08459 455 555. Get ready for BBC Music Day across the BBC. Tomorrow is the first BBC Music Day. It's a day of celebration, bringing people together through music. You can join in with one of the live performance events, watch and listen on TV and radio, or share your musical stories online. A day of special musical events across the UK and on the BBC. For all the details, search online for BBC Music Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, co we'll cope with it. We'll cope with it. Don't worry, Jonathan. Jonathan's uh, asking about the new studios in Dunstable. What, what, what was it like? What was the training like? So it was terrible. It was hellish. It was like NARM. 08459 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. You can send us a cheeky text. 81333. Start your text 3CR. Uh, we've yet to find anybody who's read a Jilly Cooper. Now, come on, guys. We've all got our dirty little things that we... Uh, well, no, guilty pleasures, isn't it? That's the phrase. Guilty pleasures. Um, but Jilly Cooper has sold millions upon millions of books. Someone listening to this... Wendy, maybe you've read one. Someone listening to this might, uh, must have read one of these books. Wendy's a regular listener, often posts nice things about the show on Facebook. Thank you, Wendy. All appreciated. Um, 08459 455 555. Michael? Yes. Ever uh, read a Jilly Cooper? Uh, no. I've, uh, I've uh, seen some of her um, films and what have you. Oh, have they been made into films? Yeah, yeah, some of them. Ooh, were they raunchy? Not really. Oh. <laughs> Did you see the Fifty Shades film? Uh, no. Oh, it was the worst three hours of my life. It was rubbish. <laughs> Absolute rubbish. I think a lot of her books are, really. Yeah, it is. Well, anyway, Michael, you've, well, you've called in about um, bikes, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Instead of the police pussyfooting around, uh, I would uh, take their bikes off them straight away and uh, scrap them. How do they get the bikes? Well, if they catch them, if they catch them, then... Uh, How do they catch them? You well, they had a clamp down, didn't they, before? Yep, yep. Mm. And they, they yeah, uh, but the, the, the problem is, yeah. they're not allowed. And this rule is kind of crazy. Mm. If the if the motorcyclist is not wearing a helmet, the police aren't allowed to chase them in case they injure themselves. Why is that? In case they hurt their their uh, poor little heads. Absolute rubbish. Absolute. But absolute. also, also, uh, but, and that that is true. But also being slightly sensible, how are they going to chase them? Because a car isn't going to be able to catch an off-road motorbike. They're certainly not going to be able to catch them on feet. And you can't really have coppers burning down the street doing a street hawk or an evil Knievel, you know, because you're then going to put um, the, yeah, everyone I, else's I, life I, at risk. Risks. Yes, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's a tough one, isn't it? I mean, what, what do you fire um, tranquilizer darts at them? <laughs> Be a good idea. <laughs> well, it's, it's one idea. If you, thank you, Michael. If it was JVS's um, police force, there's a, a ball. There's a name for a TV series, guys. Jonathan Vernon Smith's police force. They'd be out tasering them. John's in Dutchworth. Morning, John. Good morning, Ian. Ever read a Jilly Cooper? No, I don't think I have, young man. No, I don't. Um, I'm expecting it primarily to be women that have read that utter filth, John, because women, as we all know, they pretend to be prim and proper, but they're, they are filth mongers. <laughs> filth mongers. John, what have you got for us? Uh, that uh, policeman you had on a little while ago. Yes. Um, and these off-road motorbikes. 
Um, they're saying that uh, they haven't got the police present. Yeah, that was Gavin. That was Gavin Hughes. Uh, sorry, Gavin Hughes Rowlands, Chief Inspector. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the problem's been ongoing for many years. Um, many years ago, they would have had the police present, and it still wasn't dealt with. So, what is his example? You know, uh, what? Why is he coming on saying there's lack of police, lack of this? They didn't have a lack of police years ago, and it wasn't dealt with. I mean, I've got a similar thing around uh, where I live in Dexworth with um, these Green Lane four-wheel drivers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, out last night with a dog. One got hooked up on a big log and went round and uh, dragged it up this track. Hang on, who got hooked up on a big... Who got, who got hooked up on a big log? Your dog? No, the, the four-wheel drive car. Oh, OK, right. Dragged this big log up the track about 15... Well, probably about 15, 20 yards. Yeah. And demolished about 15 feet of horse field fencing and then just cleared off. What do you mean it got caught on a big log? What it, it what do you mean? Well, they put, a farmer put a large log across this entrance to stop the oh, going in. Okay, sorry, yeah. And it, they, they, they jack these things up off the ground. They cut the bumpers off and right. they cut the wings up so they can use them right. high, you know, with higher clearance. Yeah, and so it drove um, over it, and uh, but it, it, it pulled it along while it was trying to go over it. Yeah, and oh. demolished the horse's field fence and oh. then just drove away and left it there. So it's not just bikes, it's these four-wheel drive things as well. It's nuts, isn't it? I don't understand. I don't understand what the pleasure in that would be. I don't get it. Uh, no, nor do I really. John, um, uh, uh, thank you for your call. We've got so many calls on this. I mean, it is the, the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, Pat's in Houghton Regis. Morning, Pat. Morning, Ian. Pat, you kind of um, kicked all this off ages ago in, in terms of getting in touch with us. What, what would you like to say? Oh, the police are so disappointing. You know, we've talked about the fact that they never have resources. And as that guy just sort of alluded to, years and years ago, they keep saying there's no resources. When are they going to stop saying there's no resources? How about giving us a police force that's going to do something for the public? I mean, that's what we pay for. And I did actually give them an incident, which uh, off-road motorbike, come out of a property. I give them the address straight away, said he's torn off from his property. That's the address it come from. And the woman at the end of the line says, what do you want me to do about it? (laughs) I'm so sorry to laugh, Pat. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, well, that's that's the police for you. That's what we've got. That's the mentality we've got. Now, was that, that was that was that the opera? Was that one hundred and one? That was the opera at one hundred and one. Okay, yeah. so so may not have been a, a full police officer, but that, I mean, that, gosh, that's if that's true, Pat, that's a, that's an outstanding reaction. What do you want me to do about it? Well, yeah, I mean, they're only the police. We don't expect them to do much, really. Do you know what I... OK, this is what I think we need to do, Catherine, and this will be tricky to organise, but Gavin Hughes-Rowland is a decent chap. He seems like an honest fella, and I think we've been fair with him. I like to think we've been fair yeah, with him. So. We need to get him in. We need to get him in one morning, and we need to get... We need to get John, and we need to get Pat, and we need to get oh, Jamie and all of these people to come on and, and say what their problem is in terms of, A, of what they've seen, and B, the way it's... I mean... Well, haven't we done that? Well, yeah, I, I guess we need to do it again. Okay. I guess we... I don't know if we've done it as bluntly as that, have we? Um, uh, you know what else we need? Evidence. People can get footage on their phones and stuff yeah. and keep a record of when they phone the police. This is the thing. If you, if, if anybody Ian, can... Yeah, go on, Pat. Ian, the point is yep. we have cameras on the high street, cameras that are recording their faces because I've actually been down the high street where they're actually showing their faces on the motorbikes. Yeah. The cameras are picking it up and not one police officer has said, we're looking at the footage of this so we can recognise them. They don't even do that. They don't bother about that. 
Well, if that's the allegation, what we need to do is, if you see them, have you got a camera on your phone, Pat? I have a camera on my car. It, that even picks them up. And the right. excuse I got for not picking it up was, we don't have any DVDs that can copy your footage. What? Right, send us the footage, OK? <laughs> Send it to us, Pat, and we'll compile, oh. it. We'll compile our own file. Yeah, so, uh, Pat, listen, thank you. You're, you're, it's a good point, Catherine. If you have footage of these plums on, uh, uh, on their off-road motorbikes driving around Houghton Regis, uh, if it's on a, a, a camera in your car, if you've got it on your phone, if you've got it on your... Maybe you've got CCTV outside your house, um, send it to us. Please send it to us, and we'll make... Um, We'll make a little movie. <laughs> we'll make a little film. Uh, you can email it to me, ian.lee at bbc.co.uk, I-A-I-N dot L-W-E at bbc.co.uk. Or if the file's too big, get in touch with us and um, uh, we'll, we'll find out a way to get it. Catherine.boyle at bbc.co.uk as well. Catherine, I saw, was chuckling to herself there. I'm assuming that Matt has done Fifty Shades of Grey for us. Has he, has he done that, Catherine? Is that what you were laughing at? Yes, it was, Ian. Thanks for asking. You're welcome, Catherine. No problem. My name's Captain Paul, and I'm really from up north. You're never talking like that, Because you're a plum. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Yeah, on the M25 anti-clockwise, there are long delays from Junction 19 for Watford to 12 for the M3 after an accident earlier, just by the M40 between two lorries. All the lanes are open, but it's really, really slow. In Chesson on the A10 Great Cambridge Road, that's very slow between Church Lane and the M25 at Junction 25 for Enfield. And in High Wycombe, looking at the speed sensors on the A404, there are queues southbound between the M40 Junction 4 for the High Wycombe Handycross Roundabout and the A308 at Marlow Road by the Bisham Roundabout. There are reports any problems on the trains at the moment? Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.30, I'm Simon Oxley. Eight people from Milton Keynes, including a 12-week-old baby, have been taken to hospital following a minibus crash in Scotland. Five other children were among those injured when the minibus left the road and overturned yesterday afternoon. Bedfordshire Police say the community must play a part in tackling nuisance motorbikes in Houghton Regis. Residents say the problem has still not been solved, despite a police crackdown which included specialist officers on off-road bikes. And five Thames Valley police officers Officers accused of gross misconduct will have their cases heard today. They relate to the death of Habibullah in High Wycombe, who died while being arrested in 2008. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Andy Murray is through to the French Open semi-finals after beating David Ferrer in four sets. Murray will play Novak Djokovic in the last four. The matches that I played in, in Madrid and, and some of the tennis I've played here is obviously the, the best I've played on, on clay. I haven't had results like this before on the surface and you know, never won against David before. I'd never won against Rafa before. You know, never beaten Nishikori before or Ryanich and the, these guys. So there's been a lot of firsts for me, so that's, that's positive and... Yeah, I mean, I take the confidence of the last few weeks into the match against Novak on, on Friday. The double Olympic champion Mo Farah has been urged to sever his links with his coach in the light of allegations that Alberto Salazar has violated anti-doping rules. An investigation by the BBC has uncovered claims that Salazar supplied the 10,000 metre silver medalist Galen Rupp with testosterone back in 2002. Both men strongly deny any wrongdoing. There's no suggestion that Mo Farah broke any rules, but former top British distance runner Joe Pavey thinks he should move on. As an athlete, 
you don't want to associate yourself with people that have got accusations and allegations against them. I mean, I'm not here to accuse anyone. You know, I don't know about the research that's been found out and everything, but all I'd say is if there was anybody that I was slightly associated with that I suddenly realised had these accusations against them or, you know, any of my training partners, I'd run a mile. In football, the former England manager Steve McLaren will be named as Newcastle head coach next week. McLaren was sacked by Championship side Derby last month after they missed out on promotion. And transfer-listed Luton striker Ross Lafayette is joining conference side Eastleigh. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at nine. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Nobody's admitted to reading a Jilly Cooper. And I I find that incredible because some some of you must have done. She she is one of the biggest selling authors of all time. Of all time, guys. Imagine that. Jilly Cooper. I just don't know what's in those books. Is it like rough? Not rough. I meant to say posh. There's a Freudian uh, slip. Is it um, like posh people having uh, rough and tumble? Yes. yes, it's all the sort of social intrigue and women getting one over on the other, sometimes literally. Steady on, girls. But it is, it's all kind of Prunella, you know, smiled as she led him into the stables and all that kind of going on. Um, OK, yeah, a little bit of spanky spanky. Hanky panky spanky. While the horses look on. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> that is weird. What are they going to do? What, walk out? I'll come back when you're finished? Horses live there. Oh, I feel thoroughly unpleasant. Also, I'm trying to make sure I don't say anything completely inappropriate. Have we got... Did, did Matt record those clips for yeah, us? Yeah, I'm just working on them. What does that mean? I've, I'm no, doing something with them. No! OK, well, let me know when they're ready. A little bit of light and shade. Morning, Marlene. Morning, Ian. Have you ever read a Jilly Cooper? No. Mm. Sorry. Someone uh, must... Are you being honest? Are you sure there's not a Jilly Cooper stashed away somewhere? No, She's no. sold millions of books, Marlene. No, i would be quite honest. I'm not a, actually a re- very good reader. Oh. Well, I can, yeah, no, I am a good reader, but I don't read books. I t- what do you read? Um, Comics. Newspapers. Oh, OK. I'll tell you what I never quite well, got into. Uh, that's the sun. <laughs> I've never got into those... Because you can get those audio books, can't you, where it's someone that's reading right, the book yeah, to yeah, you. And I've yeah. never really got into those... Well, well, listen, we're going to hear Matt Lockwood reading excerpts from Fifty Shades of Grey in a little bit, so maybe. Marlene, okay. you've called in about your husband, haven't you? Yes, Tell yeah. us, Tell us about him. Um, he died uh, 22 years ago now. Um, he'd had cancer three, uh, twice previously, and then it came back when he was 50. And um, his work colleagues had always come and visited him previously. Yeah. But then he was made redundant from a company that was closing down. But they knew he'd got cancer. And nobody came near. And if he was a moaner, I could have understood it. But, I mean, he told somebody two and a half weeks before he died, how are you, Cliff? I'm fine. Mm. And I said, why have you said that, love? He said, because that's what they want to hear, Marlene. I said, OK, fine. Anyway, um, <clears throat> they never came near. And the first two people I saw up the crematorium, and my husband was very much a man's man, you know what I mean? Yeah. And He was a geezer. He was a geezer. Yes. And there, there was these two. And I lost it. And I said to my mum, what the <clears throat> hell are they doing up here? If they can't be bothered to come and see him alive, why bother when he's dead? What was your husband's name? Cliff. Cliff. Oh, so you just, yeah, Cliff. Yeah. Um, can you understand, in hindsight, why those two people in particular decided not to go and see Cliff? No. 
because I'll be, I'll be quite honest, I'm not like that. No. You know, and about two weeks later, there was a knock on my front door, and it was one of these guys. And he said, oh, Marlene, we've had a collection. Oh, OK. And um, how are you? I said, come in. He said, how are you? I said, I'm really, really upset. He said, oh, I said, you know Cliff. He he really loved male company. Yeah. I said, nobody came near when he was there, alive. Why bother when he's dead? I wasn't aggressive or no. nasty. And what did, he, what did this fella say? Not a lot. But then I'd, I'd got two very, very good friends who we visited the whole time Cliff was ill. Yeah. Just to get him out of the house. Yeah. And I went three weeks after he died, and <clears throat> I went in, and the, the, the husband said to me, how are you, Marlene? And you go through stages. I felt cheated, because me and Cliff never had me time. Yeah. You know, the yeah. boys weren't married. We, we Isn't haven't that had our me time. Yeah, that's, that's what getting older is all about. The kids move out, and you get to enjoy each other again. That's right. And, um... I just feel cheated, and I couldn't believe. Oh, for God's sake, Marlene, snap out of it and pull yourself together. I never, ever, ever went back to that house again. You still miss him, don't you, 22 years later? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard, isn't it? Yeah. He's got two lovely sons, though. And yeah. at least he, he lived to see them grow up, because he was... Um, they were only three and five when he had cancer the first right. time, so he did see his boys grow up. I really appreciate your story, Marlene. Yeah, OK. Thank Ian, you so much, you take, love. You take care, love. And you look after yourself. Thank you very much indeed. <sighs> Thank you, Marlene. Oh, dearie, dearie. And I'll, I'll breathe in. Let it back out. Oh, dearie me. We're all thinking, we're all sat here, apart from Kath, who's listening to Matt Reed, Fifty Shades of Grey. Don't worry, light's coming soon. Uh, we're all sat here thinking of people that we have lost recently, and it's uh, it's hard work, but it's nice that they keep popping up in our thoughts. That's what it's all about, you know. It's nice we're keeping their memory going. June, it's not your real name, but you're on the line. Morning, June. Morning. What would you like to say? Well, my husband died two years ago, and we had... We st I still have got good friends, very good friends. Yeah. But there's one couple in particular that visited every weekend, still live in the same vicinity, mm. and they don't visit at all now. Oh, what, now that your husband's gone? Yeah. <clears throat> yes, I don't get invited to their barbecues or anything. And he's been in the same position as myself. Hmm. Why do you think that is, June? Got no idea. <clears throat> now, other friends can't understand it either. And sorry, if I ask anything that's improper, you, you, you please tell me. Your your um, husband, um, he was ill when he was... He, he, he was died, He had a, an illness, did he? He died suddenly. He died suddenly. Oh, OK. Came in and found him. OK, so it's, it's, the, actual, it's the actual death that has, um, uh, um, it would appear, has scared these friends away. Yeah, but his what? wife died the same way. Unusual, isn't it? It is. I mean, it's really. Odd. I'm trying to get my. I'm trying not to judge any of these people, June. I don't want to. You know, I don't want to have a pop of them. You can if you want. But um, is it uh, because they don't? Because we don't know what to say when someone dies. And it turns out, actually, you don't have to say a lot. When when my dad died, you kind of realise that all you want someone to say is, is just put a hand on the shoulder and go, "Hope you're all right." And that's all I wanted. And then we could carry on. And then we could. And, and if I felt like having a little cry, then with some fr good friends, I could have a little cry. And then you kind of move on. But you, you, 
I personally didn't really want people to say a lot. I just wanted them to acknowledge it. You'd think after 20 years of friendship, though, yeah. it would be different, wouldn't you? Yeah, you would, June. You would. Have you? And you've never spoken to them about it, spoken to this bloke about it and said, yeah. well, why, 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 why did you leave me? Why did you abandon me? Yeah, I just said, you know, um, I haven't been to your house since my husband died. And it was, no, yes, you have, you have. No, I haven't. Mm. I'm invited. Well, we live just down the road. Yeah, but that's not the same as come for a cuppa or come for a barbecue. You know, it just, that side of the, that side of their friendship has dropped. Aren't people strange? They are. You you think you know someone and um, we don't know anybody really, do we? Uh, But I have got some, on the other side, very, very good friends. I only have to say help. And they're there. Well, you're, you're, in that case, you are very blessed, June. No, Listen, I, I, am, I really, I'm sorry for your loss, and I appreciate your call. Thank you very much. Thank you very much indeed. People are interested. If you've done that, I'm not going to... It's it's not a, a, a judgment thing. I'm not going to have a go at you. I'm not going to shame you. I'm not going to do any of that stuff. I just want to know why. Why did you stop seeing someone when they were poorly? Or, or in that case, stop seeing someone because her husband had died? I know it's a real tough one, isn't it? Oh, I don't know what to say to them. Turns out you don't actually have to say a lot. You don't have to say a lot. When my dad died, all I really wanted was people to acknowledge it. Little hand on the shoulder. Oh, I'm sorry about your dad, mate. You all right? Yeah? And if there's anything I need, give, give us a call. Now, what film are we going to go and see? You know, that kind of stuff. That's all I wanted. And it took me going, being on the, the wrong end of it, to realise that that's all you need to say. And, um, you know, if someone phones up at 2 o'clock in the morning and says, I need a little chat, is that all right? You know, being there, but that's... Um I don't know. 08459 four double five five double five. Don't worry, Matt Lockwood is going to read us filth in a bit. Filth! You're, you seem to be enjoying that far too much, Catherine. You've been sat listening to it for about 45 He's minutes now. you very confused. <laughs> With a massive grin on your face. Well, you won't see. Are you going to let the public listen to it, or are you keeping it? I don't this? know whether we can. Yes, of course I will. OK. Just give me a couple of minutes. All right, lady, ladies, you might want to um, go and sit down on your own. Kiri's in Luton, Kiri. Good morning, Ian. How are you? I'm fine, Kerry. Are you prepared? It'll be in about six minutes to have um, a mindgasm. <laughs> well, it'll be interesting. Okay. Well, are you out and about? Are you are you sat at home on your own? Where are you? I'm just driving to work. So. You, uh, you're, you're driving into work. Are you on your own now? I am. Yeah. All right. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. I tell you what. I'm just gonna. <laughs> Hang on a second. Let's see. Let's see <clears throat> how the British. Oh, I can't. Let me put drag it over here. Hang on a second. Oh my, I'm all slippery. Let's see how the British public handles this. Here we go. This is Fifty Shades of Matt. Hang on one second. Before I know it, he's got both of my hands in his vice-like grip above my head, and he's pinning me to the wall using his lips. His other hand grabs my hair and yanks down, bringing my face up, and his lips are on mine. My what's-it strokes his and joins in a slow, erotic dance. His hoojima flip is against my belly. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Kerry, yeah, I'm hot and bothered. You've not crashed your car, have you, Kerry? <laughs> no. Grab tightly onto that gear stick. <laughs> uh, a stay tuned, Kerry, there's more to come. <laughs> Go very quickly, you called in about bikes, not to um, have your mind gasmed like that. What have you got for us? Um, I just wanted to look at it in a different way. These people that are complaining, saying that the police aren't there, yes. I'd be interested yes. to know, were any of them the ones that voted yes? 
for the referendum because the police oh. were very upfront oh. and honest. Oh. They don't have enough police. Oh, Kiri. I wish you'd been here an hour ago. That is a wonderful point. Of course, the uh, residents of Bedfordshire were offered the opportunity to pay a little bit extra uh, yeah. a, a year on their council tax and get 100 extra coppers. And I, yeah, um, I wonder if, if the ha- people in Houghton Regis voted differently to, to everyone else who voted no. Yeah, because as I said, the police were very upfront and said, we don't have enough police out there. So now if they're complaining, well, you, you caused that problem by not and that little bit extra. Kerry, you make an excellent point. I'm, I'm glad we managed to... Um, um, uh, it's another... It's another satisfied customer, if you will. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25, there are long queues anti-clockwise between Junction 19 for Watford and 16 for the M40 after an accident earlier. And the Great Cambridge Road, that's very slow southbound from the Church Lane towards the M25, Junction 25 for Enfield. And on the A404 southbound in High Wycombe, there are queues between the M40 at the High Wycombe Handicross roundabout and Marlow Road. It's also looking busy in the other direction too, from the Bisham roundabout towards the M40. Also looking at the train departure boards, there are no delays at the moment. Samantha Brough, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sammy, thank you very much indeed. Hey, blimey, it's 8.45. Who'd have thought it? Uh, These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Eight people from Milton Keynes, including a 12-week-old baby, have been taken to hospital following a minibus crash in Scotland. Bedfordshire Police say the community must play a part in tackling nuisance motorbikes in Houghton Regis. And five police officers accused of gross misconduct will have their cases heard today following the death of Habib Ullah in High Wycombe in 2008. More of your calls coming up after the weather with Elizabeth. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, very good morning to you. It's going to be a gorgeous day today with lots of sunshine continuing on through the day. Afternoon highs of 21, 22 Celsius, 72 in Fahrenheit. Just a bit of wispy cirrus cloud perhaps, uh, but plenty of sunshine and just a light breeze too. Uh, Lots of evening sunshine, a lovely end to the day across the three counties. And then overnight tonight, we'll see it stay mild and dry. Lows of around 13 or 14 degrees. Tomorrow, we've got a weather warm out for the risk of some thunderstorms lasting from the early morning period right through until the evening. So they'll be fairly hit and miss. Some places will see them, other places will stay dry. They'll tend to be fairly localised, but where we do get those thunderstorms, there could be quite a lot of lightning and some very heavy downpours as well. Well, yes. it's hot and humid. I know, isn't it exciting? I love it. Very I love a heavy humid. downpour. Yeah, me too. It's really exciting. Do you know how many millimetres within the hour? 20. That's Boom shakalak, Elizabeth. I know, weather geek a go-go tomorrow. Um, <laughs> very hot and humid. I think you'll get some complaints about the heat. Uh, we could be looking at highs of 25 or 26 degrees, some places even a degree or so higher than that. Uh, still some sunny spells, a bit of cloud as we head into the evening. Saturday and Sunday looking lovely, so plan your barbecue now. It'll be a bit fresher, so 20, 21 degrees, lots of sunshine and staying dry. That's the forecast. Enjoy. Thank you very much. Oh, heavy rain. Yes, please. Every weekday morning. Coming up at nine on the big phone in this morning... 
Is it a good idea to make jobless teenagers work for their benefits? How would you like this country to stand up to President Putin? Are you surprised to see British people being blatantly racist? The JVS Show. I think we've got to get over this issue about racism doesn't exist. It, it has existed. It will probably carry on existing. What I wanted to say is they've got this completely the wrong way around. You know, that, that, that is also true. That is also true. You will always get some, but they are such a minority. Oh, the man's a buffoon. Get him up. Get him out of there. Give him sense of purpose. The JVS Show. Do you think we have got to, as a country, start taking this issue more seriously? Every weekday morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much indeed. We will end with a little... We, we can't... The thing is, for legal reasons, we can't play these erotic clips of Matt too close together because it will just be an abs- It will be mayhem out there on the roads. Mm-hmm. It would be a disaster. So we've got to have a, a decent gap between the two, but we have got more northern erotica. I mean, the next one is very northern. Hey, how you feeling, Matt? I enjoyed the experience. You've of turned, reading you've turned, books. yeah, you've turned on a generation. I know. Yeah. Well, you know, it's uh, it's uh, a new direction for me. I mean, it certainly has a very what? A new what? New direction. Okay. Direction. Um, it certainly does hit you in the gut. All those old ladies are going to be knitting all kinds of stuff now. <laughs> well, old ladies do get my help. Uh, in the Sorry? super, in the super, no, in the supermarket. If I, I, they always ask me to reach for the the item at the top shelf because you know they're small and they can't reach. They just want to see a fit northern yeah, man yeah, stretching. Yeah, Ooh, yeah. Just, Don't we all? Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's go to Chris. Morning, Chris. Morning, Ian. Have you ever read a Jilly Cooper? Nah. I can't believe that you're all you're all liars. No, I I read Alexander Kent. What, what's that? In the uh, late 18th, early 19th oh, century. Bore, boring. Get you, Chris. Boring. Yeah. Mm, old yeah. books are, old books from the olden no, days are not. boring. No, they're not. They're, they're rubbish. No, they're not written properly. Oh, he doth... They're more romantic, darling. They are. They leave more to the imagination. Oh, yes. Dear me. yes. Chris, what have you called in for? Sounds like well, mayhem I... out there. They've all listened to Matt Reed and Filth and crashed their cars. I can see both sides of the argument on um, visiting someone who's ill or terminally oh, yeah. ill. Go on. When I was 21, um, my mum was one of nine girls, uh, nine children, and her second youngest sister was dying of cancer. Yeah. And I couldn't go. And the reason I couldn't go was because I knew I'd get so upset and cry that I didn't want to upset the rest of her family, like her children. Yep. Right? So I didn't go. But then, later on in life, um, they, I always lived with my parents, well, and they lived with me up until they died. When my dad died, um, I knew two years before he was going to go that he had terminal cancer. No. And it gave me the chance every morning to go in and tell him I loved him. Um, but I was disappointed in his friends not coming round uh, to see him in the latter months because it made it a lot harder trying to keep him occupied, work and do everything and knowing that he was lying there in the last three months with very few visitors. But maybe they, they were feeling what you were feeling before That's and they would have been I'm too saying, upset. Yeah. I could see both sides but when my mum got cancer um, she hadn't seen her youngest sister for a while and when I found out that my mum was terminal with cancer I went round and saw my aunt she was brilliant. She got all her family together, come round. They saw my mum, spoke to her, and my mum was so pleased that some of her family had gone round because she didn't want people knowing she'd got cancer. She didn't want them coming because she had cancer. But by the same token, 
I needed to let her sister know that she did have cancer because it would have been unfair on her not to. And she was brilliant. She was even with me when my mum died. Mm. Um, so my mum had not only me, but one of her other sisters there. And um, to be fair, as I say, I can see both sides of the argument. The only reason that mm -hmm. I stayed around with my parents was because I really, really loved them. And I think to go and... and be that close to someone when they're dying. You have to really love them. Yeah. You don't want spectators coming that hardly know them. Go, oh, oh yeah, they'll come and see us, so they can spread the gossip to everyone. That's another thing that happens as well. Or like, oh yeah, I was there for her when she was dying. Yeah. But um, where were I mean, you for the other 50, 60, 70 years, Chris? I've got, listen. I've got to move on because I've got so much to squeeze in. Thank you very much. We'll come to the texts in a bit. Daily. Morning, boss. You've taken this one to the streets. It's a tough one. Yeah, it is. It's a real tough one. Absolutely brilliant calls on the programme this morning. Bernie Eccleston's comments about Schumacher saying, I can't go and see him because I want to remember him as he was before, yep. not how he is now. Um, I've been in Houghton Regis. This is absolutely fascinating. Take a listen to this. Tina, Bernie Eccleston's comments. You know all about them. What do you think? I can understand him not going to see him as he is now. I want to remember him the way he was because it's not not nice seeing anybody like that. You rather remember them when they were vibrant. And this is really interesting because you really don't like Bernie Eccleston. No, I don't. You like really him. don't like him at all, but you understand what he's saying here. Yeah, I do. I do. I've been through it myself. I've been through it myself. Friends that have died through various serious illnesses and that, I couldn't. I couldn't go and see them. I wanted to remember them the way they were. Even, even me mum. I wish I never saw her die. Your, your closest friends, I'm trying to get my head round this. Why couldn't you go and see them? I'm really, really interested because if you've known that person for years and you really cared for that person, there's the argument that says, surely you should be supporting them even if they are ill. Yeah, but I, I, rang, I rang the husbands and the parents and then I said to them, I'm, I'm sorry, but I can't come to see them. I said, because I just can't bear to see them the way they are. I'd rather remember them where they were before. Did you feel guilty for not going? I did, but they all understood how I felt, which was a good thing. But you still feel that guilt that you didn't go to see them. I did go and see one of them, and it just, just broke me. It just broke me in half. I just couldn't. I just, I just, I said, I can't do this no more. Okay. Just lastly, sorry to bring up the past. That's all right. It's all right. <laughs> um, talking about it today, because it's fresh in your mind now. Yeah. Do you have any regrets that, despite the way you felt, do you have any regrets for for, for not seeing some of your closest friends before they died? Yeah, I do. I do. But I just couldn't face it. I just couldn't face it. And there you go. You see, there you go. Yeah. It is, um, uh, it, it, it is like, you know, the way the Bernie Eccleston story is written, we're all supposed to go, oh, what an absolute, you know. Yeah, yeah. Backside. Which is exactly what I, I was saying earlier on. Yeah. I said, you know, I my don't understand reaction, this. Yeah. My initial reaction to it was, oh, what a, but it's, um, it, it's more common than you would think. And the human brain and the human heart, they're weird things, man. Mm, and you think mm. you know, you know what you do, but...
and you think you know friends and what friends would do, and yeah. they, they, they can always surprise us. I mean, that lady there, really, really caring, genuine person. Such yep. a lovely person on the streets this morning in Houghton Regis. And that, that really shocked me. But, but I'm so glad she said that, because now I had a, a very different opinion at, at 20 past seven this morning. Now I understand it a bit more. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I, that was brilliant, Just Thank you, mate. Thanks, boss. Appreciate that. There you go, you see. <sighs> and now to filth. I mean, Mookie books. There's no, there's, no, there's no good way of doing it, so we're going to jump from um, uh, from that to uh, uh, filth. What have you got, Catherine? Uh, we've got two texts here that caught my eye. No Lynn. one has admitted to reading a Jilly Cooper. Hang on. I don't believe you. We've got you. two. Go on. We've got to. Oh, actually, we've got one that's read Jelly Cooper. Morning, Ian. I've read Jelly Cooper Riders. I'm a horse rider myself. And I can only say that I wish my life was as steamy as that book. I just deal with poo and flies, oh. not fit men and frolics in the hay, says Anna. It has to be said. I don't know if it's Jelly the, the jodhpurs and the boots, it really is. Does it work for women as well? Uh, yeah. Because women in jodhpurs and boots, I mean, I don't know what it is, but it's I've so got jodhpurs sexy. And boots. Bring them in tomorrow. I'll try them on. <laughs> I'll try them on. They barely fit me, so they're not going to fit you. <laughs> yeah, go on. Uh, Linda says, I remember the naughty bit of James Herbert's rats. Novel. I remember that bit. They're in, they're in um, the girl's um, bed and the mum comes in with breakfast and he's doing rude things. I remember that bit. I read that when I was about 13. Again and again and again. I must look this up. I remember the naughty bit of James Herbert's rats novel being passed around on the bus on the way to a school <laughs> hockey match. Not the best sex education for a 13-year-old. Left me equating love making with being eaten alive by rodents, yeah. says Linda. Do you know what? I could quote... There's two bits in there, actually. I could quote um, one of those bits. I could quote the breakfast bit um, almost verbatim. Almost... Possibly best not to do that now. No. No, best not to. Well, we... Um, OK, so, so no-one's called in to admit reading a Jilly Cooper. Shame on you. We know you... their page. <laughs> <laughs> we know you... I wonder who, who does the audiobooks of Jilly Cooper. You wouldn't want Jilly Cooper reading it, because no. she's got quite a toffs voice. You want Joanna Lumley or something. Yeah. Or you want Matt Lockwood. Matt, you did a little mission for us. I did, yes. I, I read uh, extracts from uh, Fifty Shades of Grey in my own unique style. Do you, do you read this to uh, Mrs Matt Lockwood? No. Maybe no. you should. No, she's, she's harder to please. Stay steady on, mate. That's the second time in one day you've almost got us an off-com. Here we go. At the touch of the leather, I quiver and gasp. Oh. He walks around me again, trailing the crop around the middle of my body. And on his second circuit, he suddenly flicks the crop and it hits me underneath my doodah. Against you, know what? The shock runs through me, and it's the sweetest, strangest, hedonistic feeling. Oh, blimey. I've got no idea how JVS is going to do his show. He looks all hot and flustered. <laughs> oh, no, he's laughing hysterically. Right, yes, that'll be it. Matt, thank you very much indeed. Always a pleasure to have you on the show. And uh, um, uh, thank you, everybody, who called in. It's one of those shows, you know, it's... Um Sometimes we just go down that road, and I appreciate you all phoning up and uh, being so honest and sharing your stories. It's BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel. Here's Sammy Brough. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
On the M25, there are still long queues anti-clockwise from Junction 19 for Watford to 16 for the M40. There's also busy anti-clockwise from Junction 21A for the M1 South and around the St Albans turning for the A405. On the A1M Southbound, it's very busy from Junction 9 for Letchworth to 7 for the A602 at Stevenage. And in North Watford on the Northwestern Avenue, that's very busy around the Dome Roundabout. Also over in Dunstable on the A5 Southbound, that's very slow from the A505 Southbound towards Houghton Road. On the trains, there's no major delays showing up on the departure boards, but on the underground, the Bakerloo line still has minor delays between Harrow and Wilston and Queen's Park because of a signal failure. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sammy, thank you very much. Gosh, that show um, seemed to fly by. I really appreciate all of your calls and your texts today. Matt, excellent stuff. Good to have you on board. Justin, you know, you played a blinder as per usual. Catherine, we should probably schedule a meeting to have a chat about stuff. Back tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, where your job is. Back tomorrow at six. Until then, from us, ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JVS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Thursday, it's nine o'clock, and on today's big phone-in, I'm asking, does it really matter if children are a bit fat? The head of the NHS says the number of overweight children shows parents in this country are doing something terribly wrong. Simon Stevens says one in ten children are obese when they start primary school. One in... Hello, and thank you for listening to BBC Local Radio on the internet. Unfortunately, the current programme on this station is unavailable. This is either due to contractual reasons or a temporary technical fault. Please try again later. If you're looking for a sport commentary, please visit BBC.